0: I remember booking a canoeing trip on Bear Lake with Viator. I remember my wife's sweet smile taking me back to us canoeing in summer camp. I remember thinking, my, oh my, this moment is nothing short of perfect. I remember turtles. We all
1: remember things differently. What's important is that they're worth remembering. From canoeing to the Coliseum, you can book it all. Use code VIATOR10 in the app for
0: 10% off your first booking. VIATOR, one site, over 300,000 experiences you'll remember.
2: We continue on with our roll call here, and there's YJ Overlander, Bobbert, Super Duke, Super Duke. We'll be back tonight with the Cryptid Report as well. As we continue on with our roll call, number 19 in your program, number one in your hearts, Lars Janssen from Pitea, Sweden. Dirt Road, nice to see you. Mr. Hugh, welcome to SOR Chat. Thank you for joining us. Gorgeous Larry, thank you for taking the time. And Johnny Yuma, welcome to SOR Chat. Thank you for joining us. As we continue on with our roll call here, we are running out of time, but that is quite okay. Don't forget to give us a thumbs up, thumbs down. And if you're new here, hit that subscribe button as we are here seven days a week for your listening pleasure. George Hernandez, good to see you. And Digger Dog, thank you for coming on in. And uh, let's see. Uh, The Nona Boss Continuum, welcome to SOR Chat. And mm, Bobo 44, good to see you. We are running out of time. We've got like 20 seconds. Can we do it? Matt M, welcome. And Andy Jones, good to see you. And I think we're caught up. Oh, there's Bombshell Bomber. Yeah, we got to say hi to her. And don't forget, Super Chat is open. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. Let's get into the monsters, ladies and gentlemen. Horns up. Mountains of Central British Columbia to you listening around the world. This, my friends, is Space Radio. I am your host Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America digitally on Odyssey Radio. Talk stream live at KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old baby the favor. Hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at spaced out radio, Instagram at spaced out radio show, and on TikTok at spaced out radio. Our website is SpacedownRadio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Read Shirky news Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. We got a great show for you tonight. We're going to get into the monster talk real, real deep. Eric Mintel will be here momentarily digging into his research. Then, in Hour 3, we're heading to the Swamp. Another great story coming up from Swamp Dweller. Super Duke returns with the Cryptid Report, and Shirky Poo has the news. For more than 30 years, Eric Mintel has been an acclaimed jazz musician with the Eric Mintel Quartet, but later on, he's gotten into the paranormal and supernatural. However, during his time, he was able to perform twice in the White House, for president clinton in 1998 and president obama in 2011 eric has also had stories written up on his paranormal activities by numerous newspapers and featured on radio stations and podcasts all around the world including this one tonight for the first time interested in the paranormal from an early age eric has led the search since 2016 seeking out strange stories to tell uh, whether they're ghosts ufos bigfoot or dogmen and, man, has he had some encounters that he is going to share with us tonight. Eric Mintel, welcome to Spaced Out Radio for the first time. Your hair is looking impeccable, and we appreciate <laughs> that. Is that a nice gel or a wax that you're using?
1: There there it is. Uh, you know what? I think it's just hairspray. <laughs> and, Dave, Dave, let me say that we both still have our hair. That's, that's a good thing. That's the main thing. That's what we could
2: go by right there. You know, when, when in doubt, hair it out, man.
1: Exactly. That's
2: all I got to say, Eric, it's so good to have you here. And you know, the last time we had Lon Strickler on for strange days, he brought up some of your investigations and he's like, Dave, have you ever had Eric Mintel on your show? And I'm like, no, man, tell me more. And, And he started telling us more and it, you know, while Lon is, is actually messaging us, I'm messaging my crew during the show, get Eric Vintel. Get Eric Vintel. <laughs> Whatever you do, That's awesome. get Eric Vintel. And I'm very excited. Man, before we get into the monster talk, what is it like performing music in front of two presidents of the United States?
1: Uh, well, like, it's very surreal. <laughs> uh it was and and just really just what an honor too i mean it was incredible i uh and it was something that uh, you know back in 1998 i wanted to take my jazz quartet to another level and i figured well you know let me go to the white house let me go right to the top and see if they have any programs where they send musicians around to perform and you know my initial thought was maybe we could perform for the homeless we could perform for troops overseas something like that to get some kind of uh, positive outreach through jazz. And so I messaged, I called the white house at that point at that time. Um, and, uh, sent them some loose press clippings. I had of a, a, a newspaper story, put a CD I had at the time in this package, just threw it all together and mailed it to the white house, to the social secretary. And about a week later, I get a message on my machine at home and I had been on the road and I checked it. And it said, it's the White House. We'd like to invite the Eric Mintel Quartet to the White House for Christmas. I was like, wow. So it was really cool. So that was 1998. And one of my mentors in jazz is, maybe some of your listeners would know, is a a guy by the name of Dave Brubeck, who was a jazz pianist. He had the famous Dave Brubeck Quartet. And uh, Dave was a really great friend of mine and wrote liner notes for my CDs and Uh, really loved what I was doing with not only his music, but with with my own originals. And I had said to uh, uh, President Clinton at that time, I said, you know, uh, Mr. President, you and I have a mutual friend in Dave Brubeck. And I think about the week before he had given Dave Brubeck the National Medal of the Arts Award. Um, And then fast forward to 2013, uh, my girlfriend said, you know, you should try the White House again. And I said, oh, man, there's no way I'm going to be able to get back there again. There's just like, you know, that was like a one time thing. So she's like, try just give it a shot. So I called the number and I had this number still on my phone and I called and, they, and uh, I said, hi, it's Eric Mintel. I was wondering if you had any opportunities. And they said, what's your availability for December? So it just was amazing. So we got a chance to perform for uh, President Obama. And again, I had said, uh, pre- you know, pres- Mr. President, we have a mutual friend in Dave Brubeck. And he said that uh, Dave Brubeck was the first jazz concert he went to see with his father when he was when he was a kid. So it was pretty cool. I mean, very, very inc- incredible connections with Dave Brubeck. And, you know, in all my life with Dave Brubeck and jazz, very strong force in my life. And uh, but early on and, and ever since I can remember, I've always been interested in the paranormal. Um, we're coming to you from here in Bucks County pennsylvania which is just about maybe 60 miles northeast of philadelphia and we live in a really great historic area as a matter of fact while i was sitting here while you were waiting to get me on the show i have never heard this before around here but there are like coyotes all over the place here and i'm thinking to myself my god what the hell is that so it it definitely when we get into the beast of bray road i i can definitely debunk that it was not a coyote
2: (laughs) Well, you know what what's interesting is we're getting into that time of year where animals are starting to move around, they're starting to prepare for winter, they're starting to prepare, you know, for their long, you know, forage of 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 trying to find food. And the yeah. the winter time especially it's... where I am is tough. So the fact that yeah. we have animals moving around right now is is a pretty darn good time to be searching for some of these monsters.
1: Absolutely. And why I'm saying that is it's very rare where I am that we ever have any of those coyotes. We haven't had any of that in this area. So they're definitely moving around for sure. And uh, so that was pretty amazing. Um, But yeah, I mean, so ever since, you know, I can remember. So, you know, my father would always tell me about these stories that, you know, we live in this great historical area around here where, you know, Washington, George Washington and Lafayette, they all came around these different areas here. And, um, I live right down the street from where Washington crossed Delaware. Um, we've got a lot of underground railroad uh, houses, bed and breakfast restaurants that have underground tunnels that we found during investigations. One one blew me away. The guy bought, us, bought this bed and breakfast in uh, uh, 1982, and in 1999... He's walking around his property, and he's like, "Why is this? Found, why is my foundation crumbling right here in this spot?" And he looks down. He put a light down there. Here, there was a 17 foot tunnel that was under the house that he had no idea was there. And it was amazing. Uh, and it, it had an escape hatch. And uh, so, those kind of stories I love to tell because it just blew my mind that he was there. What 17 years before he found it, just walking, you know, walking over top of it. My and news. um well yeah. So it it's amazing. I mean a lot of a ghosts and all kinds of stuff. Uh but now getting into the dogman sightings, we're doing a lot of investigations on them. Uh and it really I mean, when we were in Elkhorn, Wisconsin last year, uh it really changed my perspective on the entire dogman situation that's going on in the country.
2: I want to ask you because you have a love searching for dogman and cryptids and you have a love for the paranormal is it a mutual love is it the same love or has one fascination taken over from the other
1: well i think it's all encompassing i love you know researching and and investigating the cryptids bigfoot dogman but also ufos now ufos are a huge huge thing not only I had my own personal sighting a few times um, and just recently have been getting a lot of reports here. I've been getting people calling me and and actually drawing what they're seeing and they're seeing a like a, a pill shaped object like a Tic Tac, but very low. And this is at night. So this is like around two in the morning. Very low, multiple lights around it. Very bright, but silent. And it's not a drone. I could tell you that right now because it's definitely they. You would they would hear the the hum from the drone, but it's completely silent. And um, and they're and they I put this on the Facebook page for this area in Doylestown, and uh, everybody and their brother was chiming in saying they saw the same thing. And this was only in early August, so this is like very recent.
2: Okay, so the idea behind everything here is is. It seems that the real interest, at least from what I see, Eric, has been UFOs number one over the last five years now, since 2017, and then cryptids, you know, it's always this Sasquatch versus Dogman type of adventure. And I I still believe if I ever saw the two fight, my money is on Sasquatch with a tap out. Okay, and it's got to be a camel clutch finishing move, like the Iron Sheik back in the day. That's <laughs> exactly. what I believe. Exactly. That's what I believe. Exactly. You know, but, I,
1: I I would agree. I would agree.
2: <laughs> but the idea behind it is the paranormal, in my opinion, and I've just been having this conversation recently with people. It doesn't seem to have the zest anymore. It doesn't, you know, after a good twenty year run, it, you know, it's the same faces on different shows with different titles, you know, still saying, did you hear that? Did you see that? Did you hear that? Yeah. You know, and, and, and and they see nothing and then they see nothing. And nothing is ever solved. And my question to you is, are are we sick of the paranormal because it became (laughs) a hobby for so many people so quickly because you didn't need that university education. You didn't need that, that uh, you know, that, anything all you had to do was go to your local cemetery and boom you were a paranormal investigator
1: yeah oh right i yeah exactly well getting back to the shows yeah i mean the thing is uh you what you said they recycle you know they recycle a lot of the same people and um and that's fine but you know it's like there's so many other people out there doing the research that are in the field they're boots on the ground researching and doing this every day and, and getting these, getting these reports in and going and meeting with, with witnesses who are absolutely frightened by what they saw. And, uh, so yeah, I agree with you there, man. I mean, there's, I don't think that the paranormal, I don't think people are sick of it. I think it's, it's a huge, the genre is huge. People love it. I mean, I'll give you a prime example. I mean, I just, uh, I'll be at a, at one of my jazz concerts and I'll say to my jazz audience, you know, I, hey, ladies and gentlemen, I've written a new tune and it goes like this, you know, and they'll half-heartedly listen to what I'm saying about it. Right. But the minute I say I have a paranormal TV show, you can hear a pin drop in the audience because they're just so attuned. And Dave, I mean, 10 years ago, would we be talking about this? It's like it's so commonplace now that it's been acceptable and people and that that stigma of ridicule isn't there anymore. And I think people are more comfortable coming out with their stories. I mean, you you're talking about people that have been abducted. You're talking about people that have seen UFOs, Bigfoot. And I always say this too. And and I got this quote from a great friend of mine, musician, people are seeing something. And that's why we're doing these with these stories. And that's why we're doing these video investigations because we want to get that truth out there. And we're based on truth. So we're trying to get that, that out there. So, uh, you know, it's fascinating to me. So I don't think the genre is going to die. I think it's just going to get, I think it's going to be like everything else. It recycles and gets reborn again, you know, into a new, and then people like myself that are approaching it in a different way.
2: Hey, it had a good 20 year run, you know, in popularity. It really did. I mean, when you mm-hmm. have ghost hunting shows, breaking records that have only been set by the NFL in television history. <laughs> I mean, that is yeah. that is pretty impressive, the way it's gone. You know, I think my thing with the paranormal was just watching people on social media, the way they acted, the way they they... Everybody had a pilot going into a television network, and everybody yeah. knew exactly what a ghost was, and everybody was just, you know... It seemed to develop a lot of egos. Like, look, there's egos. Oh, yeah. in, there's egos in ufology. There's egos in the cryptid world. I'm not saying that there isn't, but the paranormal was second to none when it came to egotistical people who who had all the answers and you were wrong because this is the way you investigated and you know I don't know how many podcasts I would listen to well what kind of gear do you use oh you use that (laughs) oh you're you're not very good at at representing the ghost hunting because nobody uses that where I'm from you know I mean it was just getting ridiculous
1: and I think people yeah I, 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 I don't I don't blame you yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate when you have those kind of things, you know, where you have that ego gets in, in the way of uh, what you're trying to do and trying to create quality content. Um, yeah. And, and it's it's crazy, which I did find out from uh, a gentleman that I had interviewed for my show, who is an author who uh, was really I mean, I couldn't believe how much infighting was going on in the UFO world. Which well, it's, a, just brawl. it's a
2: brawl right now. It is a. Complete, it's crazy. It's awesome. I don't have
1: any. I don't have any time for that drama. They could fight, man. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go research and investigate. They can do whatever they want. I'm still gonna get my stuff out there. Hey, the but, UFO
2: um, world right now. To be truthful, the UFO world right now is the biggest WWE battle royal that you have ever seen, and there are people getting thrown over the top rope, left, right, and center. But I'm telling you, nobody is get hitting the floor. Nobody. We're crawling back in, and we're still brawling. The gloves are off. This is the greatest. I got to tell you, Uf- Ufology these days is the greatest hockey brawl I have ever taken part in. Okay? And I've been in a couple of brawls, and, and trust me when I say this, people. You know, going back to old school hockey, brawls were fun. They were really fun. Okay? And I can tell you from point blank – this is the greatest hockey brawl I've ever been in called ufology.
1: I'll tell you, Dave, you know, it's funny because it's like you were talking about the shows that are on and, you know, and not finding anything. And, uh, you know, when I go and I'll be quite honest with you, when I go into the ghost hunting situation, when, I, when we investigate a ghost or a supposed haunting or something like that, I go into that very skeptically because I want to really look at this and say, all right, what's really going on here? What is that sound? Was it a pipe downstairs that was making a noise in the the basement? Was it something? So I want to really, you know, look at it scientifically, you know, and never, you know, I never uh, take away what people's feelings are of what they're experiencing. But I want to see what exactly could that be. Um, And then I'll tell you, though, nine, (laughs) the more we've been doing that, and the more we've been catching on video, whether it be orbs or a disembodied voice. And by the way, we're not using any of that crap gear like the uh, voice box or whatever that is that or REM pods. They those REM pods, by the way, will go off at the slightest little like bump on the on the floor. And uh, and they'll also pick up radio signals from your camera. So it's like it's just doesn't it's not good that way. Um so I look at that and, but then I do have to say though, we've caught a lot of stuff on video that makes me think, wow, there's something going on here. And some people don't believe in the orb situation. They don't believe in like the disembodied voices, but we've caught some things on camera that, you know, I can't explain. Uh, we work with spirit mediums too. I work with my, my teammate, Dominic Sattel, who was with me in Elkhorn, uh, that night and, uh, is on with me on a lot of investigations. Um, And he's about, I would say 95 to 99% right on the money with what had happened in that particular area. Because what I'll do is I'll get some of the history from the owner, wherever we're going in uh, to do this video and I'll get the history, but I won't tell him about it until he gets on site. Now we just did a video the other night um, for this. uh, It was a, a restaurant in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. And, he didn't know anything about it nothing until we got to the place and immediately was drawn to this table in the dining room where on camera on a security cam the owner shot this video and this chair just comes out of the right from being you know pushed in to being pushed out and then you see like three minutes later a little orb comes over by the chair and it goes to the table and then
3: this episode is brought to you by Lego.
4: In these hectic, hyper-connected lives of ours, sometimes you need to build a little space for yourself. And you can do that one brick at a time with Lego. Find your flow as you escape the everyday by immersing yourself in a premium Lego set designed for adult builders. Recharge and discover a set you'll love at lego.com adults dash welcome. This episode is brought to you by Serena and Lily. They sell luxurious, high-quality furniture, bedding, lighting, decor, and more. And with shop locations across the country, as well as their online store, it's never been easier to find something you'll love. They even have design services that'll help you put together the perfect space, one that'll have you smiling every time you walk through your door. For 15% off your first order, visit serenaandlily.com slash Spotify. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Throws a sugar packet container on the floor so this was amazing and we went to that and right to that area and he knew that was like a hot spot right there and then we debunked whether or not somebody could have been there because there was a wall that was built out from where that table and chair was on the bottom so there would be no way anybody could be there because that security camera would see them and it was just so that's something we're still looking at, you know, and but that's gonna be our next video. And uh so I'm sure I'll I'll be sending you a link to that as well. But um we're coming up on almost a year that we did our investigation of the Beast of Bray Road in Elkhorn, Wisconsin. And man, Dave, I'll tell you, that was one of the most spookiest nights we've ever had.
2: We're getting into that next as we got about two minutes to go before we go to break at the bottom of the hour. Eric Mintel is our guest tonight on Spaced Out Radio. Eric, you know, you go into these things, you know, I think we all try and go in a little bit skeptical to figure out, you know, we have to be. In order to keep our Mm -hmm. mindset, you know, you have to be a little bit skeptical. You have to be a little bit, you know, eye opening to what is going on. It's a hard combination. How do you balance in the next ninety seconds? How do you balance your skepticism with what your eyes are seeing, your ears are hearing, and what your equipment is telling you?
1: Yeah, I mean I'm pretty good at discerning from if somebody's telling me a story, if it's truth or if it's B S, you know, and uh but uh, you know, the sincerity of someone, I'm I'm pretty good at that. As far as like when we're doing the research, and I go right back to Elkhorn again, uh, it's something that you, I couldn't explain. So in that situation, um, and how I look at it, I try to you know I try to just keep an open mind with everything, and and try to get the most mundane possible explanation, and try to like get rid of that first, and and look at this like a detective would. You know, you're we're like paranormal detectives looking at this in a way like you're looking at like a crime scene, like what is going on? What's the, what is this evidence and try to try to piece the puzzles pieces together. If that makes any sense.
2: You're literally working backwards.
1: Exactly. Right. Yep.
2: I love it. I love it. And I, you know what? And for people who've never done it out there, like the majority of our audience getting out there on a paranormal investigation, whether you're doing it for yourself or whatever, or getting yourself out there in the forest to put yourself in that situation there is a thrill about it that you have no clue on what you're going to experience until you're out there because you never know what is going to happen we are going to go to break here at the bottom of the hour on Spaced Out Radio Eric Mintel is our guest and when we come back the Beast of Bray Road Eric Mintel's side of the story let's hit the dog band shall we spaced out radio second half hour coming up right after this all we hear from your background Eric
1: is crickets oh really it's awesome oh is it good <laughs> it's awesome you could hear me you can still hear me okay though oh you yeah you're
2: fine but like when you awesome. go quiet you, the crickets are like Chirp, 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 chirp.
0: chirp. I know, man.
1: It, it's wild out here. I just couldn't believe when you were, when you were introduced, like right before you introduced me, man, the coyotes were going nuts around here. And, he and them, honest to God, we've never had that around here. That's so weird.
2: I bring the woo, man. I bring the woo. You do.
1: <laughs> Dave, you do. And I, I tell you, man, I, that's why I think Dominic, my, the spirit medium, Dominic and I have known each other and I'll tell everybody too, uh, since high school, um and we used to do martial arts and stuff together but uh you know he, when it when he's on the investigation man he's like a magnet for stuff to happen because we were in Elkhorn literally within 10 minutes stuff happened
2: oh dude i have so many friends and, and i'm not saying radio people but i'm saying right. so many friends who over the years have hung out with me and all of a sudden shit just hits the fan at their house. (laughs) And all of a sudden, you know, out of nowhere, their houses are haunted and, and everything. I had a buddy of mine. Okay. He's a new buddy. Okay. uh, Who I met him in Las Vegas earlier this year. And him and I have talked quite a bit about, you know, a lot of UFO stuff. Uh And he messages me about three weeks ago. And he goes, what the hell did you do to me?
5: I, I said,
2: <laughs> I said. What do you mean? He goes, he goes. Since uh, we hung out last, my house has become haunted. Oh, wow. Yeah, like to the point where there was blood stains showing up on his walls, and nobody Ooh. and nobody had been on his, in his house. Oh my god! His buddy, they were watching a movie. They were watching a movie, and my buddy had his back to his kitchen. His friend could see the kitchen. Watched his gun holster lift up off of the off of the the chair and fly five feet onto the floor. Wow! Oh yeah! So he's like, dude, what the hell did you do? I I did nothing. (laughs) nothing you did nothing i just said hello man hello (laughs) but you know but even my buddy here uh he comes into our chat room as timber hunter little marky spender is what we call him and him and his wife same thing before they started hanging out with me uh nothing ever happened paranormal now with mark well he can now channel He's a natural channel. Wow. He's a natural channel. Wow. He, uh, he, uh, has had many paranormal experiences in his house. Him and I have been chased out of a forest by Sasquatch. Uh, wow. Yeah. And watching two fat men try and waddle our way back to the vehicle. at Top <laughs> speed is not very attractive.
1: <laughs> oh my God. I got to tell you, man, it's funny. You're, I don't know how much time we have here, but, uh, you know, you're talking about haunted. This, the house that we're in right now is, uh, there's something going on too, but nice. it's been, it's been going on. Uh, it's, we have a light over, I have a little coffee station in the morning. So, and every night for a while at three in the morning, this light would go on above the, just the ceiling light. And we're like, what the hell is that? Why is it doing that? And it's, it's this kind of light that's like a, I think it's a wireless, it's, ba- it's a battery operated switch. I don't know how this works, but it's a there's a battery in the in the light switch that works the lights to the top of the ceiling. So I'm like, all right, well, I'll fix this. I'll turn the I'll take out the battery and that'll fix it. S- they still went on. Weird, and then man. my girlfriend, my girlfriend said, that's it. We're taking the lights out.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and uh, she, she took the lights out. And as she did that, she was taking the lights out her purse got flipped off the island inside the house
2: oh goodness and, I'm and so i'm, I'm waiting for stuff we only got about 40 seconds here uh, okay I, i'm renovating my house right now and I, nah. I but i already know my house is haunted okay we get a lot of visitors and i'm just waiting for something to happen and nothing has happened yet it's kind of cool i feel i feel kind of uh you know blessed <laughs> blessed that nothing's happened i want to say a big thank That's you good. to symbol T2E and Noble Patrick for the amazing super chats tonight. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. So thank you so much. If you're new listening in, come say hello in our chat room. Give us a thumbs up if you don't mind. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button and ring that bell. We are here seven days a week for your listening entertainment. And here we go, everyone. Here comes the next half hour. A half hour of spaced out radio is now underway. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. If you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Read Shirky-Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter, at Spaced Out Radio. Instagram, at Spaced Out Radio Show. And on TikTok, at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go tonight. Eric Mintel Investigations out of the beautiful state of eastern Pennsylvania. Yep, he's a Philadelphia Flyers fan. And, (laughs) you know, they used to be tough until... uh, Yeah, well, I don't know what the hell happened to your (laughs) hockey team ever since Ron Hextall retired. But nonetheless, I can throw anything hockey, man. That's just one of my gifts. I can throw anything (laughs) hockey. But nonetheless, Eric loves to go chasing the monsters, chasing the legends. He is a legend, tripper, extraordinaire, searching for anything paranormal, supernatural. And in this half hour, we're going to get into Dogman. Now, Previous to your experience, Eric, and welcome back, by the way. did you, ever, you sir. Did you ever believe in Dogman? Did you
1: believe it existed? It, to, honestly, no. I mean, I had heard of it. I had heard of the Beast of Bray Road and I had heard of the Dogman, but I never really put any sense into a belief system of, of this creature being a flesh and blood creature. Um... Until until we did our Beast of Bray Road investigation, and that all changed.
2: All right. So take us back to you heading out to Beast of Bray Road area, which is in Wisconsin.
1: What made you guys do this? Well, you know, for I have this TV show, it's Eric Mintel Investigates, and we're doing, you know, great investigative videos and hauntings and, and Bigfoot investigations, UFOs, as you know. And one of our fans, Ellen Collins, who is an incredible fan of ours, she loves what we're doing. Um, She had approached me and said, you know, we ought to do a video on the Beast of Bray Road. And I said, wow, man, that would be awesome. I would love to do that. Um, You know, because I had heard about it over the years. And I thought, well, maybe it would be a cool video to do as a documentary. Not, you know, and I said to her, I said, well, look, there's a couple of things we've got to figure out here. It's like logistics and how, who's going to pay for this whole thing because it's editing. I got it. I do all the editing. I do all of the, all of the, the legwork and stuff like that. So, uh, she said, I'll take care of it. Don't worry. So I made her the executive producer of the video. So she, uh, she paid our freight and everything. And we're so grateful for that. But, uh, this was, um, October 2nd through the 4th that we were out. So we're not even a year ago. We're coming up to a year. Uh, and it just so happens that when we got out there it happened to be the first annual Beast of Bray Road conference that was out there that brought out a lot of people and uh, and people that had you know their their own encounters and stuff and uh, so we met I, I should go back to December of 2020 I had seen a program called paranormal Declassified and they were doing a segment on dogman it was a 15-minute segment and they talked to Lee hample and lee is about two tenths of a mile from bray road his farm his hay farm and when just something made me say you know what i'm going to reach out to this guy and talk to him because he seemed like a really cool guy very approachable so i think that night i went on his website that was on there and he had his number i gave him a call he called me back that night and we talked for two hours about the Beast of Bray Road, about what he's seen, he sent me a bunch of pictures foot of uh, tracks that he's found uh these weird video this weird video of of UFO lights going through the forest um this weird mist this the, and you could see like a, a like a hairy figure of something uh by one of his trail cams. so he has I mean thousands and thousands when I say th- when I say that I don't say that lightly. He's got thousands of pictures of evidence of this creature, um, on his property. So it was, uh, I guess the night of, uh, October 3rd, earlier in the day, we had gone to Lee's property and did a little reconnaissance of the farm to see where we were going to go and uh, where we were going to conduct the investigation. And we went down to this area, which we call the bait area where he has had, I mean, just an enormous amount of activity. And Dave, there is a picture. And I, I could send it to you too, but it's it's in our video. Um, he has a picture of, he would put roadkill deer down by this bait area to try to attract the, the creature. So there's one picture where you see this weird mist that is coming over the deer. And these, are, these pictures are maybe 30 seconds time depart. Yeah. So the next picture the next picture the deer's gone and so is the mist. Sweet. Which is so it it was so weird, man. And then there's a picture of this mist that's literally around Lee and you it like literally you couldn't see part of Lee in this mist. It was like just covering half of his body. And then in the next picture it was gone. So um so earlier in the day on October 3rd uh, we went down to that area, and uh, Ellen's son Scott was our cameraman, and he's he's also our, the drone operator. So he's doing some drone work, and he's wearing this virtual reality glasses. And as he's doing this, he lost us on on the screen. We disappeared in this in this area by the bait area, which he couldn't figure out where the hell did we go, and he had a look and see and got all discombobulated but it wound up we disappeared off of his screen in this one area in the field and then he he reconfigured everything and found us again but that area down there is really i mean i i really think it's a portal i think we've got portals all over the world but i think that particular area has got some kind of weird energy there um so we went back to lee's barn we and he showed us more pictures and uh, he does great presentation as far as what the evidence is. He's found hair samples. He's found on the property that are translucent under the microscope. Uh, they have no medulla. It's, it's like, then we're thinking, is this thing cloaking itself? But all the while, Dave, I'm also thinking I'm not going to see anything. I was, I was going down there thinking that I would not have anything. I would not see anything. I was like thinking, right. oh, we're going to do this. We're going to do this video. It's going to be a great documentary. We're going to hear some great people's stories. Um, you know, it's going to be good. It'll be great for the show. So we get to, we get down to the uh, to the to the Bay Area site where we, we start conducting the investigation. And mind you, we only had a flashlight and a radio. We have no weapons, no nothing. So we totally unprepared that way, which was you know my that was my bad. Um, but we also thought we'd have to scrub the whole uh, investigation because it looked like it was going to rain. But anyway, we get down there, and it over that field, it totally cleared. It was clear as a bell, and, which made Dominic look up. And he, he looks up, and he's like, what the hell is that? And here, over the field, was a solid ball of light going just straight over the field. And you could see other planes in the area. You could see planes, and you could see them blinking. They're clearly planes. But this was a solid orb. And it was going over. And we're, sit, we're standing there. And I got Scott to get it on, on camera, which we got it on video. And it's going over us. We're trying to figure out what the hell it is. And as we're trying to figure this out, it does a quick 45-degree angle and disappears right in front of us. And it just, like, winked out. It just blinked out. And it was silent when it was going over us. So we knew it wasn't a plane. It was just silent. And uh, so that was the first thing. And we were like, what the hell is that? So we – that was – the first thing that happened the second thing and this is all within 10 minutes of us being out there uh we hear in the distance a howl very very faint howl and i look at dominic he looks at me and then we hear another one that was closer and then dominic says to ellen who was like she looked like she was in a daze and he goes are you are you hearing this howl and she's like yeah it's coming from over there and straight across from us, this third howl that we heard—it was like this low, guttural scream, growl, yell. And it to me, it sounded like a man screaming in the in, a, in the field. It was this. It was just unbelievable how this thing sounded. And we caught it all on video. That was the the thing I want to impress upon people here. If they get a chance to check it out, it's on my it's on my YouTube page. If I'm able to promote that. Yes, um, please it's, do. Uh, um, it's Eric Mintel investigates. We've got a lot of videos there, but it's the very first video. It's called the beast of Bray road alive and well. And w- w- Dave, here's the, here's the thing. This thing was so loud. We heart, we didn't have like really any big microphones or anything like that. We had these little Cinco lavalier microphones that were like uh, right on our lapels here. And that's how loud it was. And that's, it caught it. That little microphone caught that. So it was really, it was a lot louder in, you know, when we were there. But you could hear it plain as day. And I didn't alter the uh, audio or anything. I kept it raw audio. And that was amazing, man. So right there, right in that moment, I was like, oh, you know what? (laughs) There's something here. Um, And then the third thing that happened, and that kind of put us on high alert too. We were like, We have no weapons, we're not protected, what are we going to do? So we stayed calm, and and then the third thing that happened, which was really weird, was we saw this weird mist started coming up from the field. And we were wondering, what the heck is that? And then come to find out later that there's been a lot of mist associated with the Dogman sightings, but also there's been a lot of mist associated with Bigfoot sightings as well. Which I didn't, I didn't know at the time. Um, and then Scott. Shined a light over into the cornfield. And that's where. We saw the eye shine. Of where it was coming from. And the creature is about eight. They, it's supposed to be about seven to eight feet tall. Now mind you. We did not see a physical body. We heard it. And we saw the eye shine. And we saw the eyes kind of darting back and forth like that. Which was very 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 strange. And. So when we saw that and we kept hearing this rustling going on behind us and I said, you know what, that's telling us to get the heck out of here. And so we did. We just, we, we pretty much beat feet and got out of there.
2: I just want to quickly say something. I I just went to your YouTube channel and I hit subscribe there. You have 927 subscribers.
3: This episode is brought to you by Blundstone, the legendary boot brand that's known for quality, comfort, and durability. Rain, mud, commuting, trekking across town or campus, no matter where life takes you, Blundstones take it all in stride. For over 150 years, Blundstone has walked a path less traveled. Our iconic boots are designed to be comfortable and durable because they're built tougher than they need to be. They're not just boots, they're Blundstones. Discover our range of Chelsea and lace-up boots at Blundstone.com. This episode is brought to you by ClickUp. Imagine having one extra day every week. That's more time to cook healthy meals, work on that novel, or just binge some good reality TV. Now it's all possible with ClickUp, the productivity platform that'll help save you one day a week on work. ClickUp began with the idea that productivity was broken. There were too many tools to keep track of in too many places. There had to be a more productive way to get through the daily hustle. ClickUp is the one tool to house all your tasks, projects, docs, goals, spreadsheets, and more. And it's packed with features and customization options that no other productivity tool has. So you can work the way you work best. Join the more than 800,000 highly productive teams using ClickUp today. Use code CLICK15 at clickup.com to get 15% off ClickUp's massive unlimited plan for a year. That means you can start reclaiming your time for under $5 a month. Again, that's clickup.com with the code CLICK15 subscribers
2: i put the link in our chat room here let's see if we could get you to a thousand tonight i think that would be phenomenal i think that would be cool let's all push our spaced out radio listeners hanging on out in radio land you can go into the chat room or type into youtube eric mintel investigates it'll pop right up make sure you hit that subscribe let's get to a thousand subscribers tonight i think we can totally do that
1: totally that would be phenomenal thank you so much I, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, and we've got a lot more videos coming, but, uh, this, this night of October 3rd of last year, well, I will never forget that. Um, it was just one of the craziest nights. And then Dave, the, the power in Elkhorn went out that night. It was just, this, just a weird, uh, just this crazy, crazy time. And, um, and then the other thing, which was crazy too, was the next morning, uh, we had to go, we had to fly back to, um, back to Pennsylvania, but Lee sends me a text and says, oh, by the way, the, uh, the trail cam shut off at five o'clock last night and it didn't take another picture until seven o'clock the next morning. So there was no pictures of us. And it was, he was like, it was like something went down there and turned it off. And remember what you were telling me, Dave, about the UFO that you tried to take a picture and it. Yes. It wouldn't let you. And it, It's that kind of situation where I think it's like it, it knows.
2: I, I want to ask you about that because I'm a firm believer that the phenomena is all tied together, which means UFOs are tied to dog, man, and Sasquatch, and ghosts, near-death experiences, psychic intuition, consciousness, everything that we are investigating. And I think the phenomena knows when it wants to show us something and when it doesn't and when it will allow us to take that picture. And when it says, "Uh, uh, uh, ah, not this time. What's your opinion on that?
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Um, I think like I said to you earlier too, you know, when we were talking, I think these creatures, ghosts, Bigfoot, they present themselves to certain people. And in my research, what I found is there are people that are more connected to that spirit world, the cryptid world, the UFO world, than the normal or the not normal, but the average person. Maybe their antenna is not is tuned to those to those things or they they sense play, you know, like a person who could walk in. Dave, are you one of those guys that can walk in to a house? And feel like oh my god, I'm feeling this presence. It's it's. Do you feel that, or you got Sometimes. one of those guys that feels that?
2: You you know what? Probably the strangest portion that I've ever had with that, Eric, is I used to work in a very tumultuous building, and I could be on my way to work. My my I, I commuted to work probably about thirty five miles a day, not too far. Okay, but by the time I hit that five mile zone, five to eight mile zone before work, I could already tell what kind of energy was going on in the building. It wow, was, it was that strong and others That's wild. and others who I worked with, you know who were not intuitive whatsoever or in tune, I should say whatsoever, would say the exact same thing. I could feel it from the minute I leave my driveway.
1: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, and that's I, you know, and I applaud you for that because I, although for a couple of times, but I don't have that. I know like that's why I take Dominic with us because Dominic is giving us a preview of what we're about to enter into, you know, and I don't have that where I could go in and feel that Uh, maybe it's a different situation uh, with in, you know, in the cryptid in the UFO situation. But in those situations, although I do have to say, though, (laughs) in this last video that we just did for this haunted restaurant, we did go up to the attic and the attic was like just I got all swimmy in the head and it was very like uh, very like not almost like a vertigo type thing was happening. And that never happened before. So it was uh, that was very strange. There was some really wild energy up there. And pretty much the only equipment that we're using a lot of times is a magnetometer and a voice recorder, the magnetometers, you know, detecting any kind of electromagnetic energy that's around. And that particular area was, and there's no wires because those things, the magnetometer also can read, you know, electrical wires and things like that, but there was no wires or anything around this particular area. And it was still spiking, which was crazy. Um, so, In those situations, yeah, you know, some a lot of times you can't explain it, you know, and you just why we keep leaving with more questions than answers on a lot of the on a lot of these investigations.
2: Eric Mintel is our guest tonight on Spaced Out Radio. We got about five minutes left before we have to go to break at the top of the hour. Eric, I got to ask you, you know, when you felt like you were being surrounded by this dogman energy at the beast of Bray road, what is going through your body at this time? You know, what is going through your mind? Are you preparing for an attack? Are you preparing for curiosity? Are you scared for your life? Tell me about it.
1: You know, I what? It, it's weird to say I wasn't scared. I was like more intrigued, like my God, there's something here. You know, I was just happy that something that we're, that we were there and that something was actually there and we were, <laughs> you know, I wasn't going to be happy if it attacked us, of course. But I do have to say when I uh, when we first heard that howl, when I was younger, I was walking home from a friend's house that I stayed overnight. And I was walking by this house on the road and I was on the road, minding my own business. And two Dobermans came out of this house and they attacked me. And the one they were just barking, barking, and the one came around and bit me right in the butt. And I, I knocked my overnight bag. I just kind of hit it, hit him, and he went away. But uh, that, like, kind of primal fear type thing came in. You know, when you hear a dog growl or something like that, you get that, whoa, what's going on here? So that's the kind of feeling I got. But it wasn't it wasn't a scared for my life feeling. I uh, I felt like, you know, as a martial artist, too, I got to say, practicing martial arts all these years, uh, I, there's a saying we say it's, we keep calm in the chaos and that's a very good thing to do in those situations because you don't want to go crazy and get yelling and screaming and stuff like that. Cause then that'll just escalate the situation. Um, but I was more intrigued with what the hell we were hearing, you know, and wanted to find out exactly and more about it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was. <laughs> The, the hair on the back of your neck definitely stood up that night, for sure, when, when we heard that.
2: Many of us haven't been that close to a cryptid. You know, I mean, is, is it... I've been near Sasquatch. I haven't really been near Dogman. But the one thing that I do know, Eric, is everything has its own energy. What's the energy oh, yeah. what's the energy like of this creature? I remember the late Butch Witkowski telling us that this creature really gave off an ominous type of energy presence. Did you feel that?
1: I didn't feel any kind of malevolence though. I didn't feel that. And neither did Dominic or Ellen. Um because here's the thing. If it wanted to attack us, it could have, because we were being hunted. We were being we were being surrounded because we kept hearing this rustling going on behind us and we didn't, and there was no wind. There was nothing. It was dead calm. Um so if it wanted to do something, it could have. So I think it was, I say that it was more curious about us than, than we were of it. Um, but we're going back to the Bigfoot UFO connection, dog man, UFO connection as well. I seriously think when we saw that UFO, I think something deposited that thing and that's when we heard, and that's why we heard it. I know that's kind of sounds out there, but I I have honest to God think that, that it basically came down because there's a picture that Lee has where it's a daylight picture of these like orbs in the sky. And you can see they look like bubbles, right? And inside the bubble, you could see what looks like it could be the creature in there, like in a crossway. Like its arms were out here and there's four or five of them just like floating. And it looks like they're coming down onto the ground. So is that what's happening? Are these things being deposited from UFOs? Uh, That was the other thing. So that was so many questions. And that's why the case is ongoing. I mean, we're not uh, we're definitely not over. But here's the other thing. And we could talk about this in the next hour, too. Um, We had a follow up in April of this year. We went back to Elkhorn to do a follow-up investigation out there. And what was amazing was we had done a town hall meeting. Over 140 people showed up for that town hall to hear our story, but also to tell their stories of seeing this thing. And what got me in this town hall follow-up was though everyone said their descriptions of the way this thing walks. And the, the gait of this creature and the way it glides. It's like gliding. So that's what really stuck with me. And that was a lot of the a lot of the dogman sightings that we're doing now for out here are coming up with the same idea of this thing as gliding when it should be, you know, where a human usually would be walking like this. This thing's just gliding. It's very fast too. So this is uh this is something else we're looking into.
2: Eric, I'm going to get you to hold on right there because we are going to go to break here at the top of the hour. What a great night so far with Eric Mintel going into Dogman. We're going to continue with that talk. What would you do if you saw a werewolf-like creature right in front of you? How would you react? Old Davy always carries a tennis ball and some biscuits. Safety first, people, when you're out in the forest looking for Dogman. We'll continue with our number two and Eric Mintel when we return on Spaced Out Radio. Stay tuned. <laughs>
1: uh,
2: all right, we're clear.
1: <clears throat> That's awesome, man. This is fun.
2: I'm glad you're having good a good stuff, time. Man. And oh, man, absolutely. We got you up to uh, 971 now. Oh, man, that's awesome. So we got you 50. (laughs) Uh, We're going to turn things over to Dirty Filth here because people always want to know what he's drawing. So you and I get a little bit of a break here for a couple of minutes. You can hang out with Dirty if you want there, and I'm just going to disappear for a quick sec. I'll be right back.
1: All right. I see what you're doing there, man. That looks good. and I can't hear a word you're saying if you're talking.
6: (laughs) Sorry, I'm on, like, double mute most of the time. I apologize. (laughs) Nonetheless, though, so this cartoon is... Sasquatch is going to steal... He's trying to steal, like, a pie from a windowsill. And the man in Black, who, in my cartoon (laughs) world, the man in Black is basically the military police of Uh. cryptids. So he, like, keeps all the cryptids in order and everything, and so... Sasquatch is going to steal a pie, and he's going to be like, "Hey, he can't do that." And they always say like the Men in Black eventually run out of energy after a while, so they uh, get all slow and everything. From <laughs> accounts that I've read, so uh, Man in Black gets all pooped out, and it's 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 still kind of blurry, but nonetheless, Sasquatch does the right thing, picks him up, drops him off on the side of the highway. And the UFO (laughs) takes the Man in Black back up. I
7: love it.
1: That's awesome. I'm just
6: on the inking phase right now, so
1: very cool. This is where we're at. Do what you got to do. That's awesome.
6: Yeah, it's a ton of fun. I've unintentionally created all this kind of stuff, and I'm just—I really love hearing all those crickets in the background.
1: I know, right? uh, It's—it got a little chilly tonight too. I think it's like in the fifties, maybe. 40s 50s not the 40s probably the 50s but uh yeah it's um some of the things that we experience in Elkhorn and I gotta I want to tell Dave this a uh, ghost uh not a ghost story but I call it a a guardian angel story that happened to me years ago and it was just amazing but all of these things are uh are so connected man
6: From what I've... I'm I'm no investigator or nothing, but I... I, It seems like everything's generally connected, all the weirdness of the world. Like, when I say weirdness, I mean you know, outside of, like, a square peg goes in a square hole. Yeah. That kind of stuff, like...
1: Well, I think this... I think people are more... Like I said, more people are open-minded to all the fantastic possibilities of what these things could be. And just, uh... I just picked up the book, uh, communion, which I love that story about, uh, Whit- <laughs> there's your, there's, there's your, uh, your, your writing partner there. Um, yeah,
6: she's the, anyway, go
1: ahead. <laughs> I don't know if you, uh, ever read, if you ever heard that, read about the book, it's called communion. And, uh, it was about Whitley, Str- uh, Streber is a, uh, author and it was about an alien abduction experience that he had. And, uh, Incredible, incredible story.
6: Cats. (laughs) Oh bloody hell! I apologize. Keep going. I'll figure this out.
1: Oh, that's all right. Yeah, they got to have your attention. (laughs) And what's her name?
6: That's uh, that's Lyran or Blob. Ah. Let's, I apologize here. I oh, no,
1: I've
6: got man. the worst system set up here for
1: <laughs> for art, but it's uh, it's
6: a work in progress. So,
1: do you ever do the? Uh, you ever do the the uh, time lapse when you do a drawing?
6: No, I I'm not sure how to do that stuff. I'm ah I'm super new at all this all this stuff and. I don't have the programs or anything for it, so I'm I'm working on it. And now we got whiskey whining in the background and course <laughs> blob leaves and it's a gong show. Dave <laughs> just leaves me into this. Anyways. <laughs> um, yeah, I apologize, everyone here. There you go. And it's what is that called? Somewhere from... somewhere in the woods? Yeah, somewhere in the woods is
1: the <laughs>
6: work story for it.
1: That's awesome. I gotta just put this over here for a second. No problem.
2: Alright. What are you doing there, filth? Your cat attacking again? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> we got about a
1: minute. Dave, you stepped, you stepped away for five seconds, man. He's he, dirty filth is all over the place, man. He's he's gone. That's
2: his cat blob.
1: <laughs> all
2: right, let's say hello to Mennonite Abe and Nicholas Shaughnessy for coming on in, and uh, who else is joining us here? Oh, there's filth going on. absolutely haywire. There we go.
6: <laughs> Unbelievable.
2: There we go. Felipe, how this you is... doing, man? And who else is joining us here late? Oh, hey, Clam. And Jessica S., nice to see you. Timothy Martinez, thank you for joining us. And it's always an adventure with filth's cats. That's for sure. There we go. All right. Uh, I'm going to put a link up here if you haven't already. Go subscribe to Eric Mintel's channel. Let's see if we can hit him up for 1,000. The sweet Nicole Sackage. How are you? Vaughn, Symbol, T2E, and Patrick, thank you for the amazing Super Chats tonight. Hi, Heather McIntyre. Here we go with hour number two.
8: You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook's Spaced Out Radio
9: show.
2: Here we go with hour number two of Space Out Radio tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates across North America and digitally on TalkStream Live, Odyssey Radio, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davy the favor. Hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the Sor Space Travelers Club. Decolate. Decolate is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers. As the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Pooh's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go. Hour number two with Eric Mintel investigations. Eric Mintel is out of Eastern Pennsylvania chasing down Dogman, which is where we left off in the last hour. If you might have to rewind the show and check it on out. But Eric, thank you so much for taking the time to join oh, us, man. my man. It's been a lot of fun so far.
1: Absolutely, man. Thank you, Dave. This is great. I love it.
2: A lot of people tend to look at Dogman as some mm-hmm. sort of Barbaric type of cryptid, you know. A lot of people who have encountered this creature feel that they have received telepathic messages from it, basically saying, "Hey, I wouldn't come around here, or don't raise your gun. I wouldn't do that if I were you." <laughs> you know, yeah. There is something supernatural about this, something God fearing about this creature. You know, you have investigated it, you've talked to people who've had close encounters. What are they saying about this creature?
1: Well, I'll tell you, you know, what you just said there about, you know, when when we were in that situation and when we heard this howl, we heard this thing, to me it was almost saying and we felt like it was saying to us, "Get out of here. This is my territory. Get out of here." So uh, with that being said, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of people felt the same way. Uh, What they're also, you know, feeling, you know, it's not so much a uh, like a feeling of like I said before, not a feeling of malevolence or anything like that. But a lot of the descriptions we're getting, especially now with uh, with uh, this other dog band sighting that we're we're working on right now in in Pennsylvania is one guy said it's like It was like a shadow. It was like the six to seven foot tall shadow that he saw at dusk with a friend of his. And this is 1990 now. Um, And they were in a baseball field behind this church and the lights were coming down from the back of the church. And he could see the silhouette of this thing. And it's like literally on two legs, but it's like gliding as it's walking. And he couldn't believe what he's seeing. He's like, what the heck is that? And he didn't say, who is that? He's like, what is that?
7: The Neogen device developed by RST Synexis is a well-established, advanced, quantum-based medical device using electric cell signaling technology. Treatment is non-invasive, safe, effective, and used in managing pain associated with neuropathy and other painful conditions. It helps improve circulation, offers better rehabilitation through pain relief, and activates the recovery processes, giving better patient outcomes. Visit neogenreliefspain.com now for provider benefits about the Neogen system. Come chat with us. That's NeogenRelievesPain.com. Your patients will thank you.
4: The Chase Freedom Flex World Elite MasterCard puts you right in the middle of where you want to be. Whether you're planning that last summer getaway or a quick vacation to kick off fall. Take the Freedom Flex card with you and earn 5% cash back on travel purchased through Chase Ultimate Rewards. So pack up your roll-on luggage and get moving because you'll earn 5% cash back when you board that ship. Take a scenic railway trip out west Or just rent a car. And the Freedom Flex card also earns you unlimited cash back all year long on purchases you make every day. You're always earning 3% cash back on dining, 3% cash back at drugstores, and 1% cash back on all other purchases. So hit the road. And earn tons of cash back when you travel with the Freedom Flex MasterCard. Restrictions and limitations apply. Cards are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank N.A., member FDIC.
1: And then as it's walking, it goes over to this tree line. And then him and his buddy, they were younger, I guess, at the time. He said, let's go get it. They go over to run to get it. And as they go running, this thing goes down on all fours. And he's still seeing this like shadow. He called it a shadow lion. It looked like the shadow of a lion. And it goes crunching, crashing through the trees. And you could hear it crunching and crashing because it was January. And as they went in after it, he could hear it coming back. (laughs) so he said i just ran the other way and got the hell out of there he never saw it again um but it was it was something that really you know stuck with him it really shook him to his foundation much like what happened to us in elkhorn that night and uh and like i had told you too ellen she seemed to be in a trance you know but when we're hearing this this second howl, she seemed to be in this like trance and dominic had said are you hearing this and um she had told me later on that she had a dream, of, a couple of days later, that the the creature put its claw in her palm, and it in her mind it basically said why they're here. And uh, I would love for you to hear her uh, account of that because that was if I tell it it might not be that that accurate, but it was just about procreation and about uh they're not here to harm anybody, but they're here to to continue their species so very interesting stuff but the weird part about that is lee never even heard ellen's account of that he's had the same kind of dream which is just another connection there so it's very very strange i mean this story gets more and it gets deeper and deeper every time we uh we go into it
2: a lot of times when we dig in deep to these types of stories these type of creatures Something nefarious always seems to pop up, whether it's you know bringing home some sort of, of hitchhiker, whether it's bringing home some sort of negative juju or energy or something along those lines. <laughs> yeah. do, do you feel that with this creature as well? Have you had anything strange happen right after an encounter of investigation?
7: Well...
1: No, I haven't had anything strange, but I will say that a week after we came home from the Elkhorn investigation, well, let me, let me go back to that. Let's just say that the night of the, of the Elkhorn investigation, all the power went out in Elkhorn. And the next morning I looked in my hotel room and it looked like I brought a stick back with me from the field and I showed it to Dominic and Dominic said, you brought it back with you, didn't you? That's why we had no power. But, uh, But now, I mean, in the the week after, we did an investigation of Bigfoot in the New Jersey Pine Barrens. And here it turns out that uh, there had been Bigfoot, uh, juvenile Bigfoot sightings in the New Jersey Pine Barrens. And a researcher friend of ours, Eric Spinner and Art Mack, we went down. This is literally a week later after we got back from uh, Elkhorn. We went down to the Pine Barrens. We went five miles in. And if anyone's familiar with the Pine Barrens there, it is so remote. It's like going five miles is like going across the country. I mean, it's like you might as well be in another part of the world. And uh, so we went five miles in on truck and then got out of the truck. And then we set up base camp. We went in about 600 yards and set up base camp in an area called the bowl. And it's an area that's kind of like just like it sounds. It's like a bowl. It's higher on the on the sides. And there's been a lot of activity. So we set up base camp down there. Uh, There had been a lot of tracks found there. Um, as Dominic is talking to art, I'm working the camera. We're talking about how they're doing their research, how they do their protocols and what are they doing when they're researching Bigfoot? Um, we hear a whoop in the background and I've seen those shows and I know you have too. And I, when they're hooping and hollering, I'm saying to myself, is that really what they sound like? And sure. I'll be damned if that's not what we heard that night and then eric's wife starts answering it back and they were having the conversation back and forth and at, and we felt like it was getting further and further away and then we heard this huge rustling sound of something behind us going up toward where we heard that sound and we think it was the mama bigfoot coming for the juvenile cuz i think that's who what she was interacting with and, but we caught it all on video. We heard, you hear the sounds on video and it's, it's, there's something there. Um, and then we kept seeing like red eye shine in, in the forest of these pinpoints of light. Uh So you could say, yeah, there was some other stuff that happened after Elkhorn for sure. Um And UFO sightings, you know, you're talking about hitchhiker. I'm going to go back to a story and not to kind of get off the subject here, but Oh, please what, happened to me, what happened to me was, was unbelievable. Um, this was 1997. It was January, I think, of 1997. I was on my way to a gig. And I play piano, for those who don't know, but I play piano. And I was on my way to the gig. And I'm going down this one road by us, by where I I was living at the time. And I'm racing to get to the gig. And all of a sudden, a deer runs out right in front of me. And I hit it. And I was like, it just out of the blue just like that and hit it and both the deer and my car we both skidded like 60 feet and i was i felt terrible i'm like oh my god what the heck you know and i really so i get out of the car and i'm looking at this poor deer and it's it's dead and i'm like um i felt so bad and out of the woods i hear a woman's voice say how's your hands just that just saying how's your hands and I turned around and I, with the car lights, you can only see like a silhouette. She took this 200, like 150 pound deer by the ear and dragged it right off the road and said to me, you better get in your car. And, I, and then I, I drove off. I went back the next day and there's no houses around. There was nothing there but woods. So I was like, my God. And that was why, that's another reason why this area is rich in that type of history of of so i say that was not a it, i say that was my guardian angel i don't think it was a ghost situation it was like a, a guardian angel i that's how i look at it but i'll never forget it man and the her the first thing that she said was how's your hands
2: that is incredible
1: it was just, wild
2: just one of those ghosts that happened to be passing by
1: I, obviously
2: <laughs> in your opinion so it was Sorry, Eric, Uh, in your opinion, because you brought up Bigfoot here, what is the difference between investigating Sasquatch in the forest compared to investigating Dogman or other
1: cryptid creatures? You know, Dave, I don't think it's much different. I think it's uh, you pretty much go along the same lines of, you know, you're looking for tracks, you're looking for for eye shine, you're looking for evidence, you're looking for hair samples. Um, it's just that the dog man is a different type of creature. Uh, what is it? I don't know. Is it a, is it an amalgamation of different creatures? You know, it's but it's definitely got w- wolf characteristics to it. Um, <laughs> Lee has a picture which is amazing. It's a, a track. It's a seven pad track. Now, I don't know of anything that has seven pads, but this is a seven pad track and people were saying, well, it could have been walked over again. I don't think so. It's clear as a bell. You could see that it was just a seven pad uh, track from something. And, and that's, and he found it on the property. Also, when we did the follow-up investigation, we also found, uh, square tracks, which we believe was like, we call them knuckle walkers. So this is another thing, you know, how gorillas sometimes are on their, on their knuckles when they're, when they're walking. Um, this is something similar to what's going on there with, with, with that. So, uh, you know, I don't think there's a lot of, um, differences. I think there's a lot of similarities.
2: Explain these these squares, you know? Do you think they're Sasquatch walking on all four with with its fists closed?
1: That's what I think it. That's what I think it is. Um, but I I don't think it's Sasquatch. I think it's a. Uh, I think it's this another creature, and I don't think it's Dog Man either. I think it's another creature that's doing this. And that's and that's it. Could very well be. You know the the dog man. <laughs> it could be like the um the way this guy was saying that it's walking on on two legs, and then it goes down on all the fours. Um, but it was just weird to see those square tracks, and that was just one of our you know one of our theories there. But uh, it sure that's one of the first tracks I think that uh that Lee found on his property. See, and, that's what uh, I don't it,
2: understand. Is all of these different types of tracks that are out there. I've known people like my buddy, Mike, when he was working up North, he found this giant track of, and we're talking about a 14, 15 inch track of, of it almost looked like a, a an, an ostrich type claw with the three toes. And we see all those sorts of different tracks out there. Do you believe that these creatures, whether it's Dogman, Sasquatch, Mm -hmm. that maybe they have different, you know, maybe foot problems or maybe due to incestual behavior within the clans that they are, you know, are... Their footprints are being deformed. What do you, what do you think it is? Because for some it, reason, could be. for some reason, we get all of these strange tracks that are out there.
1: It, it very well could be. Um, it yeah. I mean, yeah. Who knows? I mean, there could be the interbreeding type thing where you're getting these these weird the wit and the, again why people are saying this thing walks very weird. That could be it. I mean it could be that as simple as that. But I just find it funny that that all the similarities are the same when it comes to this thing walking and the way this thing is gliding and how fast it is. That's a difference from Bigfoot doesn't go down on all fours. That's that's the the other takeaway from this too. Um so yeah it's the the comparisons are uh yeah it's it's really hard to say
2: yeah I don't really know about that i just don't yeah let's turn a corner here because <coughs> there's just so much to discuss with you tonight uh eric mintel is our guest on spaced out radio eric regarding your love of the paranormal you know, you have investigated some pretty incredible places looking for signs of life after death. You know what do you love about investigating ghosts?
1: Well, you know, like I said before, the uh, this, the investigative part is incredible because obviously people are seeing something and they're feeling something they're they're sensing something. So I like going into those because of the historical, factor of a lot of these uh a lot of these great places that we have that have got great history. Um and that what I love about it too is we pass by these places every day and nobody knows about these places that have ties to the Underground Railroad. There's been ghost stories and whatnot. Um, And that's why I like investigating these uh to tell the stories. And uh and then people are always like, my God, I never even knew that happened. You know, I never knew that place that is right around the corner from me had that history.
2: What do you enjoy, though? Is it is it finding these haunted locations? Is it going to, you know, these places that have never been investigated? You know, because one of the things that I think drives me nuts about the paranormal and, uh, excuse me, every summer... I cringe when I start seeing it on social media. <laughs> hey, we're heading to Waverly Hills. Hey, we're heading to <laughs> Gettysburg. Hey, we're heading to to Alcatraz. It, it's like there's only three bloody places to investigate in the United States, and I'm so sick of it. You know, yeah. hey, I, I'm all for paranormal tourism. Trust me on that. I think paranormal tourism is something that has probably Helped a lot of people in oh, and, and these little towns over the years, you know, with tourism and, and everything. I, I'm all for that. And, and take yeah. advantage of it if you can. If you get the right people to take the, the ghost tours. And I used to run a ghost tour at our local museum here. In three years, we raised $14,000 for the museum. That's great. And we That's didn't, awesome. we didn't take a dime. Didn't take a dime. And you know maybe now that next year it's too late this year but maybe next year we might be able to get things going <laughs> once again the idea behind it what i'm saying though is there's so much more to the paranormal than just the popular uh, closed down run down sanctuaries or prisons or battlefields <coughs> and this is yep. where i think we we as paranormal <clears throat> investigators are really dropping the ball on what is a very fascinating subject that everyone who breathes should have an interest in. You know?
1: Absolutely. is it, their life after I, death.
2: So where do you stand on that?
1: I totally agree. I mean, there are so many places to, uh, to investigate. Um, I just think, again, it's what people are seeing on television and what's popular. So you're seeing a lot of these, a lot of the places that are being recycled over and over again. And, you know, that's what gets into people's minds that, Oh, well there's these only these places, but there are tons of places around the country. Um, especially up in new England. I mean, there's places up in new England, especially Canada, incredible, incredible hotspots up there. It's, uh, and I think it's good for towns too, because, you know, people love the genre. And if it's something that will help a town, and help its economy. I'm all for it, you know. Uh, but I, th- I, I try, I think it's the fact that you're constantly getting these things recycled through the media, and that's all people know. They don't know any other places that they that you know are haunted that they can that are available to uh, to tour or to investigate.
2: So many stories. Every little town has its story and yet yeah. you know here's the thing if if people like you or me or other investigators or those who are curious aren't out there telling these stories these stories will eventually be forgotten and we have i think we as a community using the paranormal world word as an umbrella term have a responsibility to go out and tell those stories there's some beautiful stories out there. You know, not many Canadians know that we have our own Gettysburg battlefield on the Niagara River. You know, just a few miles down from from Niagara Falls, and people
0: there. See, I didn't know that, and I never knew that. People there. I didn't
2: even know that. People there We're, are seeing <clears throat> the battle still happen. They're seeing That's soldiers. Great. They're hearing cannon fire. <clears throat> You know, why are we not talking wow. about this? You know, I mean, that's just a, a simple location, you know, and I, I wish more people would open up to that because there's people like yourself or or other people out there who have so much talent and, and the time and maybe the investment money to go out there and, and rock and roll with some of these stories. You know, like if I won the lottery on friday was our big big lottery here <laughs> i can tell you point blank i would fund my own documentary i'd buy the motorhome you know i'd buy the motorhome mm-hmm. i would set it up for for a bunch of gear and, and absolutely you know in that case maybe you have one big motorhome for the crew and a smaller motorhome in the back for for that set up strictly for your your technology yeah and, and you rock and roll from there You can't tell me a television show or a television company wouldn't pick that up on an instant if it was
1: done correctly. Absolutely. They'd pick it up immediately. Um, You know, and I think the other thing is, too, you know, that's why we do the research. We keep researching and finding all of those places that you mentioned that aren't being talked about. You know, so doing these and, and then you know getting a, people awakening and saying oh wow there's more stuff here and then people then come forward and say hey i had an experience there and then it's basically then it then it feeds upon itself
2: Absolutely. and then you
1: could tell more more and more stories
2: Eric we have you till the top of the hour and when we return we're going to get into some of eric's favorite ghost stories mm-hmm. that he's encountered over the years we'll try and fit in some audience questions as well. Space Out Radio continues with Eric Mintel right after this. Stay tuned.
7: Do
1: we have how much time? Do we have five minutes? We have
2: five minutes.
1: I'm going to run to the bathroom real quick.
2: You go, girl.
1: I'll be right back. I'll be right back.
2: All right. All right. Okay, guys, we need 14 more. 14 more in order to get Eric to 1000 14. Guys, we needed 70 at the beginning when we started this. We need 14 more. We can do this. I just put the link in the chat room. Hey, Dutch UFO, how you doing, man? Good morning to you. <clears throat> so if you could, if you haven't already, do us a favor. This is how we help grow a good community. If you're a fan of ours, go over to Eric Mintel's channel. And if you like what you heard from him tonight, and go hit that subscribe button. Let's help him out. That's what we do around here. That's what we do. And I see Mark Sanchez talking about our Vegas party earlier this year. We're getting ready. I'm going to try and lock down a location here very soon. And getting some pricing down and i'm telling you i'm telling you it's going to be a good one may 19th through 21st we're going to have all of our hosts down there talking and going live on youtube we're going to try and figure out a few other things that we can do to to bring more entertainment down and i'm i'm excited about it already you know thinking about the the great time we had with all of our listeners The last time around this past April, meeting a bunch of you guys. Holy cow, we took a big jump. We need four more. Four more to 1,000, guys. Hi, ES. How you doing? Appreciate that.
4: Four more. The Chase Freedom Flex World Elite MasterCard puts you right in the middle of where you want to be. Whether you're jumping on a jet or hopping on a train, you'll earn 5% cash back on travel purchased through Chase Ultimate Rewards. Plus, earn unlimited cash back all year long on things you buy every day. You're always earning 3% cash back on dining, 3% cash back at drugstores, and 1% cash back on all other purchases with the Freedom Flex MasterCard. Restrictions and limitations apply. Cards are issued by JP Morgan Chase Bank NA, member FDIC
0: no better way to get in a bad mood than to look at your stock portfolio right now the way the market's been plummeting it's hard to remember what it looked like when your portfolio was actually growing maybe you've toyed with the idea of doing real estate investments since it's so much more dependable but the idea of trying to flip houses and sign deeds and deal with tenants sounds like a nightmare fortunately you have another option visit raddiversified.com today Rad Diversified does all the real estate legwork for you. They know the ins and outs of residential real estate and handle all the details while you simply watch your investment grow. In fact, over the past three years, while everything has been going down, Rad Diversified raised their stock price by 108.6%. With just a $1,000 minimum investment, you can get started on your new upward trend. Visit them at raddiversified.com and see what other investors are saying. They've helped thousands of people make millions of dollars. This could change your life. Visit raddiversified.com. That's RAD, diversified.com.
2: Guys, can we get him? Let's try this. Let's get it to 1,000 before he gets back. Uh, from his pee break. How about that? Can we get him to a thousand before he his pee break? I'll put the link in here one more time. Let's get him to I a hope thousand. he's having a
6: smoke while he pees. Cause that's a double whammy.
2: That is a total double whammy, Dirty Filth. If you can accomplish that on a nightly basis, you're doing something right. All right. You know, except when it's outdoors, not indoors.
8: All right, I'm back.
2: Are you? Let's see. I'm back. I'm back with a vengeance. Let's see. Where are we? <laughs> we hit 1,000. Oh, you are awesome, man. That's great. Thank you. We hit 1,000. Thank you, listeners, for supporting Eric Mintel and his channel. I appreciate that. That means a lot. And, uh, you know, I don't do that for just anybody. I really Dave, don't. Dave, I appreciate that. Dirty
8: filth approved.
1: That. Um, I will tell you this. I will send you, for, for helping me there, I will send you an Eric Mintel Investigates t-shirt.
2: Perfect, and I'll just... trade you. I'll trade you with an <laughs> SOR one.
1: Oh, oh, man, that's awesome. And then uh, what I'll do is just give me your address, like email me your address or uh, yeah. text me your address, with, and I'll get it out to you tomorrow, man. Thank you so much.
2: Hey, no problem, man. No problem. When you're that close to th- to 1,000, you got to do it. You got to do it. That one thousand mark is fun, and you know i it say, I say this, and and we're at eighteen thousand seven hundred. Uh, we we have taken off the last few months, uh, and just our channel has grown big time over the last Love few it. months. Uh, we're averaging almost between f- around five hundred and fifty new subscribers <clears throat> a month right now, and
1: perfect,
2: and it's it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing, you know. I mean, I never thought by the end of this year that we could hit twenty thousand. You know, I thought mm. I thought maybe we'd hit fifteen at at most the way we were growing. But I learned a lot about YouTube and how it works, and uh, got some good advice that I've listened to. And our numbers are climbing and climbing. And I'll show you how to do that too.
1: Oh, that would be great. I was just going. I've been hustling so much to try to get that out there. I've been putting posts up on Facebook and. You know everything I do, music, everything has always been a grassroots effort. It's never yep. been I've never I've never had like a manager, agent, anything like that. I've we'll always had a to trade. do everything myself.
2: We'll, we'll make a trade. Yeah, we'll make a trade. All right, and uh, we'll, we'll make it happen. We've got about uh, thirty seconds here. Big thank you to Vaughn, Symbol, T Two E, and Patrick for the super chats tonight. Very much appreciate it. Thank you to everybody who's given us a thumbs up. Thumbs down and our new subscribers as well. Of course, all the veterans out there. And put May 19th to 21st on your calendars, people. We're going back to Vegas in 2023 for the second annual SOR fan party. Coincidentally, those dates will line up with my 50th birthday. Yes, so I want you all there. Here we go at the next half hour.
1: Uh-huh. I'm going to be 50. I'll be double thick.
2: We passed the halfway point of Space Down Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We very much appreciate it. I want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davy the favor hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok. At Spaced Out Radio. Until the top of the hour, we have Eric Mintel. And we're going to get into some of his favorite paranormal encounters that he has had over the years of investigating ghosts. Now, whether you believe in them or not, that is your choice. But what we do know is that there are many out there who believe there is life after death. And we may just be able to haunt some people when we are done walking on this planet. Eric, welcome back.
1: Thank you, Dave. Thank you.
2: All right. So you obviously have investigated some some very intriguing places. Which one really steps out in your mind that, that was just, you know, one that wasn't to be forgotten?
1: Wow. Uh, there's so many. Um, there's one in Connecticut. We were in New England at a... At a, at a venue that I usually play a lot when my group goes up there. It's called Cheney Hall. And why I say it was something that we wouldn't forget is because how Dominic um, was really... Uh, he had an encounter with something that... It, yeah, and you could see that on the video, he was absolutely shaken by. It. Um, but uh, that was one where that we were investigating this great theater it's called cheney hall and i've played there with my quartet over the years um not knowing all this incredible history that it had behind it of being a silk factory um being one of the wealthiest silk manufacturers in the in the country at the time in the early 1900s and uh the cheney brothers and uh so when we got there um the director had told us some stories about You know, some of the the happenings going on there that people have felt, people have sensed. And um, so we went down and people were sensing some sounds and some weird things in the dressing room area. And Dominic was down there doing an EVP, electro voice phenomena for, for your listeners, and just basically trying to ask if there was anybody there with him. And you could see when he says that, all of a sudden you hear this knock on the wall. And it, it scared the hell out of him. And he jumps a foot on the uh, on the thing. So later on, we meet with another witness that we didn't know at the time that also said that someone there heard knocking. So it, it corroborated a, exactly what happened to Dominic. Um, that I mean, that was one. I mean, there was another one, too. It was just we were in Georgia. I mean, we're going all over the place. We went to uh, Fitzgerald, Georgia. And we were investigating uh, the town of Fitzgerald, Georgia, invited us down. And we did a video called um, The Histories and Mysteries of Fitzgerald, Georgia. Fitzgerald, Georgia was one of the was actually the first area in the country in the 1800s after the Civil War that started healing after the Civil War. By that, by that, I mean, they brought the north down from uh, the south, brought the northerners down to work and to live there. And try to, you know, try to live in harmony. And they were really that first area to try to work together. So we were investigating a uh, an art center called the Carnegie Center. Which, this was incredible too. So the week before we we were there, this center held um, African art. And this type of African art was the art that the spirit of this particular person would go into the artwork by some kind of ritual i don't know what it was exactly but i knew it was it was by some spiritual force so the uh and the artwork wasn't in there when we were in there but when we did the investigation i was standing in an area where an african warrior was standing and you could see right on the video that you see an orb just comes right out from behind me and it's clear as bell right there on the camera and uh and that was where also we heard a disembodied voice so and there was nobody in there it was a, a definitely a woman's voice but you could definitely hear something but so that was very interesting um in the, and that's in the ghost situation like and like i said earlier i tend to go into those a little bit more skeptically but just for those two cases it made me more of a believer that there's a very thin veil to the here and there um And an artist friend of ours uh, that I think I mentioned before, Timothy Wayne Williams, he is an incredible artist. He does uh, paint these great paintings with hidden Bigfoots in them. So he was able to draw for us and do a painting of what Dominic was experiencing in the dressing room, what people were seeing on the catwalk in this Cheney Hall building. Uh, They were seeing a shadow figure up on on the catwalk. So I use those paintings as transitions from one scene to the next in the videos, and they're phenomenal. Uh, but in the and in, in the ghost situation, those two really jump out at me. Uh, as uh, oh, and and another one. I mean, here I, I should I probably should have just said this one is the first one. Right down the road from me, literally walking distance, is a restaurant my daughter works at. But it's a restaurant called the uh, the Plumsteadville Inn, and we did a video there. We went up to the ballroom and we were just kind of looking around the area. And this particular video, I had Dominic with me uh, and our other spirit medium, Karen Luchin, and my buddy Dave Antonell, who's also bass player of my quartet for for years. Um, we're looking around the ballroom and I had put my uh, tripod on the chair and I put my mic case was on the table. We went back in the back of the room. And we're looking around, and, and we felt like those guys were feeling like there was some kind of weird, mischievous spirit there. So as they said that, we hear this big bang in the, in the back of the room where we just came from. And here we go, and look, and here on the floor is my tripod, and on the, on the chair is now my mic case. So something came by and threw it off, off the table. So that probably was number 1. I should have probably started with that one. But that was something amazing and we caught it all on video. Again, we got oh, that evidence on video. It's amazing.
2: I want to ask you in regards to to ghost hunting, when you're out there, what are you trying to solve? Are you just trying to make communication? Are you on your way to try and solve some of these illustrious lifelong mysteries? What do you want out of this?
1: Um, I think, you know, we're trying to look at it as, you know, there's a lot of people that are seeing these things or sensing these things, and a lot of times they want reassurance. You know, they want reassurance that, hey, there's something there. I... I'm looking at this like, look, let's, let's try to tell the story and let's do it in a way that we're going to try to see if we can make any kind of communication. And if we can't make any kind of communication with it, maybe we could try to, you know, tell a story of, of maybe if the spirit medium is feeling something, see if they can tell the story through them, see if the spirit is moving through them. Um, um, we had a we had a situation recently, and I haven't released this video yet, where we did an investigation of a 1759 farmhouse, and the owner. We were in this bedroom of of where Dominic was feeling this weird energy, and while they're while Dominic and the owner, uh, Beth are talking, I'm over there trying to take uh, meter readings with the with the magnetometer, and I thought I saw the vase move. And I had said to Beth, I I said, guys, I just want to let you know, I think I saw that move. And with that, Beth has a complete meltdown on camera, which you'll see when I release the video, because she was so moved by she never put that vase there. It was it was in another place in the room. So those kind of things, if we can capture some of those moments on video, that gives people like the opportunity to say, Hey, that same thing happened to me. And it gives them more of a, uh, I guess maybe a more of a comfortable feeling to say, you know, to, to share their story, you know, to come forward and, and share their story. Because again, I think we're in an era that we can talk about this stuff, that there's that stigma of ridicule is not there.
2: No, very um, true.
1: So that's, that's kind of why we do these. And, uh, and I really want, here's the thing. Will we ever know what the truth is? What is it? That's the ongoing thing here. It's like you—you you could say, okay, well, the, the the tripod fell off the chair. It fell, and the mic case was on the on the you know off the table onto the chair. Uh, yeah, it, what was it? Was it a force that moved it off? We didn't see it. We couldn't see it on camera, but you could hear it. Uh, and that's why, again, we go back to what you said, Dave. If they want them to be known, if they want to be seen on camera, they will. Very true. And that's, I, I, I think that's what we're trying to go for. I think we're trying to get that definitive, you know, evidence that way.
2: You know, I would just love to, <clears throat> to have a bunch of brilliant people like yourselves and my buddy Merle, who will be on tomorrow, a, bu- a bunch of you guys, Come together with your evidence to see where it all turns. I wish there was this national database, much like a MUFON or something along those lines, where people could turn in their paranormal investigations. Because you may have something out there that my buddy Merle has in Vancouver, and that needs to be very much investigated. It, where is that the dots yeah and how does it lead to this because here's something that you know and i hate talking about this subject because it gives me complete anxiety all right but i truly believe that there is life after death and with every single person on this planet that will die there is no chance that you're going to live forever you will die. Wouldn't it be nice to know with all of these tens of thousands of people, knowing that we have the ability to figure out life's biggest mystery? Do we go on?
1: Exactly. And get that and and connect those dots and get a database of everyone's research and kind of put that in, in a organize it in a way that maybe somebody could, maybe there's some kind of algorithm, you know, that that's you could put together in this whole puzzle. And that's the answer, you know, like in a, in that movie contact with Jodie Foster, Mm -hmm. how they put that machine together. And here it was like, it was on pages, but the pages had to be like round in order to, uh in order to read the, the instruction manual, so to speak. So that's another thing. So there's so many different ways of looking at it. And I know there's some great researchers out there that are doing some great work and putting it all together. Um, Just like the the theory of could this dog man be traveling from portal to portal and being and showing up in different parts of the country? Is that the same situation with ghosts and Bigfoot Um, in, in a ghost? When we're investigating ghosts, I always like to say, too. That, um, you know, I've never felt malevolence that way. Although (laughs) the last one that we were just at, it was kind of like a little, it kind of got that a little bit, not malevolent, but just there was a very heavy feeling. But I say that a lot of times that if there's, if people are seeing ghosts and, and there's a haunting, I think those spirits liked going or liked being at that particular venue or site. And that's why they keep seeing these these people there, um, because they liked being there in the past.
2: Absolutely. Or what about the question: Are we the ghosts to them in their own
1: dimension? That's another. That's another theory too, the, and the other theory is extraterrestrials. Could they be us from the future?
2: Oh yes, I've gone through that one before. You know, <laughs> gone through that one. When you look at all of the modalities brought together, the word modalities I don't use enough on this show. you know, And I'm sure if Nicole Sackage and Grant Cameron are listening, they're probably laughing at me right now because <laughs> they're always using that modality term. But the idea behind it that, that I'm saying here is this. Where do you think this all leads? Where do you think we're all going with this? Do you think the phenomena in general is just playing a bunch of games with curious humans because maybe we're not supposed to know.
1: It's, you know, it's really hard to say, uh, that could be, I mean, you've, you had back in the sixties, a lot of the disinformation, you know, you had a lot of people seeing these incredible things, but they were being, you know, they were being misinformed. Um, you know, and only now that these things are coming out that, they're saying, yeah, these things are real, but we don't know what they are. They, they do know what they are, but they still can't say. But um, I think it's just, I think it's going to keep leading into its cons- constant, uh, re- not recycling, but I think you're going to get more and more people that are in- interested in the genre coming up with different ways of looking at it not saying like hey let's go to Gettysburg and let's do this they're going to come up with different ways in different places to look at that we could that you could um you know investigate a different way and look at it a different way uh whether it be scientifically um, whether it be interdimensionally you know and having more of an open mind for the, the many many possibilities that that these theories could lead to um, but again, where does it lead to? Will it lead to a truth? Will it lead to more questions? That's that's the infinite answer. It's it's infinite.
2: That is a great answer, Eric. A great answer. We have about six and a half minutes with you. I would love for you to share another ghost encounter that you have had. Because I, I know well, we've only got one in and we got to get another one in.
1: Uh, the, I think I shared with you earlier, we have a, I don't know if I did this on air, but, um, here at the house, we have a ghost in here. Um, and, and I think she, it was a, a woman cause, um, you could smell, nobody smokes here at this house. I've never smoked ever. And you could smell cigarette smoke sometimes in the house, but, um, there's a light that. I don't know if anybody knows about this, but it's, there's a light, it's a battery operated switch that's on the wall. I think it might be a wireless light. So every night at three in the morning, this light over by my coffee station would go on at three in the morning. We're like, what the hell is that? So it would go on. I turned it off. It would go on again. So I wound up taking the battery out of the switch thinking, you know, okay, I'm going to fix this. Well, the bat, well, I took the battery
5: out. Now is the time to reevaluate and diversify your investments. My name's Dutch Menenham, CEO and co-founder of RadDiversified.com. With our time-tested and proven acquisition strategy, I'm confident your investments will make money, build a legacy, and protect America. We're built to thrive in any market condition. We find the investments, manage the properties, and you get the rewards. We're trusted by thousands of investors who have earned millions of dollars. Come see what makes us rad at RadDiversified.com. That's RadDiversified.com. Come see
0: us. No better way to get in a bad mood than to look at your stock portfolio right now. The way the market's been plummeting, it's hard to remember what it looked like when your portfolio was actually growing. Maybe you've toyed with the idea of doing real estate investments since it's so much more dependable. But the idea of trying to flip houses and sign deeds and deal with tenants sounds like a nightmare. Fortunately, you have another option. Visit RadDiversified.com today. RadDiversified does all the real estate legwork for you. They know the ins and outs of residential real estate and handle all the details while you simply watch your investment grow. In fact, over the past three years, while everything has been going down, RadDiversified raised their stock price by 108.6%. With just a $1,000 minimum investment, you can get started on your new upward trend visit them at raddiversified.com and see what other investors are saying they've helped thousands of people make millions of dollars this could change your life visit raddiversified.com that's r a d diversified.com
1: light still goes on so, so my girlfriend said we're going to take the lights out that's it just so it could still be going on i'm not sure but she was taking the lights out and she saw her purse get shoved off the kitchen island so very 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 weird um, but again I don't feel that malevolence you know I feel like uh if there's if there's something there they liked being there and uh, yeah and she's she's more of a a spirit medium than she uh, that she, some of the things that she's experienced is incredible I will say this though we had a if I can there's a UFO story that I wanted to share
2: please we have five minutes
1: we were um, in, if people are familiar with uh, New Jersey, Stockton, New Jersey, right outside of New Hope, Pennsylvania. Um, we, this was February of 2016. And we were going over the bridge in Stockton. It's at Center Bridge, Pennsylvania. And then there's a bridge that goes over into New Jersey, crosses the Delaware. We're going over the bridge and we just had turned onto the bridge. And out of the corner of my eye, I look and I see all of a sudden, five orange balls of light like swirling balls of light and i immediately was like you know in my my rational brain is saying well there's a restaurant there could they be chinese chinese lanterns that maybe there was a wedding that they just sent off these chinese lanterns or something but it was it was february it was cold and it was a weeknight so that was definitely not the case so anyway i'm i'm in the sighting i'm fumbling for my camera and like you said before, if they want you to see them, they will. Well this my flash went off of the camera, so I couldn't I couldn't get a shot of what I wanted to see all of them at, at the same time. But I was able to get one shot. But what what they were, it was five orange orbs that just appeared out of nowhere. And they did like a search pattern over the river, and then she was looking while I was fumbling around for my camera, one by one, these things just disappeared and petered out. And I was able to get one shot. I'll send you that picture, Dave. Um, Unbelievable, man. It was just the most, I couldn't believe my eyes. And I'm still, still trying to figure out what it is. And then we see a couple of UFO shows and people are seeing the same things that we saw. And they're just like these lights that appear out of nowhere. And they dance around for a little bit and then go blink out. And I remember John Keel wrote about the living lights. And it's like, what are we seeing here? You know, Uh, was it a craft? Was it some kind of phenomena, weather phenomena? I don't know. But it was definitely, I don't think it's definitely was not weather, but it was something I will never forget.
2: Do you believe then that we are being visited by aliens from another planet or do you believe they're us from the future or it's a multitude of answers a plethora of visitations shall we say
1: um I do and I don't think they're coming from other planets I think they're already here I think they're coming from the ocean they're either coming from our oceans or they're coming from the moon because of the frequency of these things being seen and and some, of course, could travel vast distances. Sure, um, you got Betty and Barney Hill that said that the, their extraterrestrials were from Zeta Reticuli star system. So, um, but I truly believe that. I mean, these. I think we haven't even explored the oceans, and you've got a lot of USOs that people are now seeing. The Navy seeing these things going into the water, um, and out Catalina Island out in California seeing, you know, crafts coming in and out of the water all the time. Um, so, yeah, I just, I think they've been here. They're, we definitely are getting visited. Um, and it's been going on, I think, for thousands of years.
2: Are you afraid about disclosure?
1: Um, no. I, I You know, I don't think so. And I, I don't, you know, and the vast majority of people, I think, I mean, if you took a poll, I think more people believe in UFOs than than anything, you know, and life elsewhere. There's a a large majority of people. There's a large majority of people that don't believe, too. Um, But I think you've got a lot more people now believing more than they did maybe 10 years ago.
2: We have under a minute to go. Could go with you all night long. But sadly, we do have to say goodnight and goodbye here. Do me a favor, Eric. Tell everybody where they can find your YouTube channel and your music. You hit a thousand subscribers tonight on your YouTube channel. Congrats! I appreciate by the way. that. Yes.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you so much. I uh, yeah, they could find us at Eric Mintel Investigates on YouTube, and uh, and then on my Jazz Quartet, they could find me at ericmintelquartet.com. dot com. I had a hard time coming up with that name, so. <laughs> But they uh, they could find me there. And on Facebook, they could find me at Eric Mintel Investigates and also my regular page, Eric Mintel. Um, and uh, Instagram, I'll be under uh, at Eric underscore Mintel. And uh, always great to see. I'm posting stuff all the time. We're posting all kinds of great content.
2: Eric, thank you for coming on Spaced Out Radio. A pleasure. This will happen again. Coming up next, Absolutely. we're going to head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller will tell us a spooky story. Then Super Duke returns for the cryptid report. Hour three is next on the Mighty Sor. Great show, my friend. Great show. Beautiful. That was a lot of fun. That
1: was. That was so much fun, man. I could I could talk on this subject for hours. Oh man.
2: yes, yes. I will hook up with you here soon. We'll talk about your
1: YouTube channel. That sounds awesome, man. That would be great. And uh, send me your address and uh-huh. what size you would want, and I'll get that out in the mail to you tomorrow.
2: All right, and ditto the same. We'll, I'll, I'll give you a call tomorrow.
1: That sounds beautiful, man.
2: All right, dude. You take care. You got it, man.
1: See you guys. Have a good
2: night. Eric Mintel, everybody. Thank you, Eric, for coming on in. As we say good night, Dirty Filth. What do you got for us here? As we turn the screen over to you, my friend. He's like, I don't know. I'm dirty, feels
6: Boy, of course I'm. I'm double muted, Dave. That's why I can't. I wasn't speaking loud enough. So we got uh, the first the first page. He's already gone. Bloody hell. Nonetheless, this is the first page. So now Dave's gone. He's going to deal with dirty filth, being rowdy and whatnot. Uh, so here, here's the first page. There's Sasquatch stealing a pie. The man in black comes in. Man in black's like, you can't steal that pie. That's not very nice. So then the man in black runs out of powder. Powder. He's not a cannon. He runs out of power. And then Sasquatch is nice enough. Tosses him right onto the road. And that's how Man in Black gets home. Because the UFO is just scooping back up. So yeah, there we are. That's where
2: we're at right now.
3: Um,
6: yes. He, he he does look worn out. He's got a lot of stuff to do. Lovey love, but they, they there was that one thing I can't remember the story. But he, apparently he ran out of powder or whatever or power. And they got like I was, I was I contemplated putting like the the pink lips or the like red lips on them, but no, I just went with that purple tie purple tassel and the hat and that little card that like 1950 special card or whatever was just always in there back in the day. So what's the first one? I think we're pretty much most ready for uh lettering. Yeesh. Lettering. My favorite thing. Thanks Peppa H. I appreciate it.
3: Yeah, we'll do the
6: lettering. Why not? That's. Yeah. You know what? I'm just going to add detail because why not? It's almost bedtime. No need to rush the lettering. Got to put that duty filled detail in there. It's so, like a little bit of. There's some sand in the, some sand inside the grit. There's olive oil on top of your, your grease paint and. Grease paint was actually pretty good back in the day. So said my grandpa, just like cable breaks. Anyways, I'm rambling here. Add a little bit of detail to the somewhere in the woods adventure. I hope everybody goes and buys an apple pie or makes an apple pie for themselves. I mean, in the end, Sasquatch is definitely going to not have an apple pie, so... You know, maybe What was it like the three wolves or whatever? Old Mary's porridge. <clears throat> yeah, you'd you'd never you'd never have someone just like testing some like old like babushka's porridge from like Poland or something. She'd come in there and like club that poor bastard right at the top of the head. Oops, oh, sorry, clunk of things. Swearing. Sorry Dave. Mark down the swearing. What did you do? Twelve oh five ish. I was swearing, Dave. What? Uh I said bastard, I'm not sure if that's good enough oh, or, that's or not. Fine. So that's fine. Okay. Never mind. Strike I rescind my previous comment.
2: Alright, that's good. Uh, hi, Jessica King. Welcome to SOR chat. And who else has showed up here? Is that a Blob meowing in the back? Oh,
6: fuck. oh that's whiskey. Sorry.
2: Uh, now you just swore. See? I can't give you that one. Yeah, you better just mute. You better just mute. Yeah. All right. A uh, big thank you to Vaughn, Cymbal, uh, T2E and Patrick for the super chats tonight. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. So thank you so much. Very much appreciated. Thank you Cryptid Huntress for noticing that both Dirty Filth and I are Canadian and we're going to kick off our number 3 right now. So stay tuned. Aye, aye, aye.
8: Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott
7: and SOR.
2: Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hi to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America and digitally on Odyssey Radio Talk Stream Live and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Decolate. Decolate is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as a clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's news wire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. All right, let's head into the swamp where our resident swamp dweller brings us another spooky story.
9: I decided to leave the Army after three years of service due to terrible pay and long, uncompensated hours at work. However, after a few months of job searching, I found a pretty great job as a fraud investigator in Kansas City. The pay was excellent, and the only thing that would keep anyone from accepting this job was the commute distance of a thousand miles from Fort Bragg, North Carolina. An additional obstacle would be that once I did get there, I wouldn't have the funds to rent an apartment. I would be homeless for two weeks at the very least until I got my first paycheck. For many people, this would be a deal breaker, and I can see why, but being in the army for so long, I got used to eating, you know, crap sandwiches and whatnot for breakfast and making almost any situation work for me. We used to go in the field for weeks at a time, which would involve camping in the woods and, in most cases, not having showers until we left for home. Since this wasn't a new situation for me, I accepted the job offer and made my way over to Kansas City as soon as I could. The moment I was released from my duties in the army, I head out. I like to drive, so I could make that trip in just two days or less. Once I got to the new city, I got to searching for areas the locals or police wouldn't mind someone camping for an extended amount of time. By nightfall, I could find a natural place, a patch of gravel next to the road only a few feet from the woods where camping for up to two weeks was free, and no one would bother me until I had the funds to move into my apartment. I had brought some supplies in preparation for this. I could use extra clean clothes, canned food, sheets, and wet towels to shower in the mornings. Since I didn't have a camping tent, I converted the back of my car into a bed. After placing the back seats down, I had enough space to sleep comfortably so I put some sheets down and decided to tie another sheet above me so no one could peek in through my windows and see me sleeping there. This worked fine for a couple of days, but as I drove back to my campsite one night, I noticed some weird things. While working on my bed setup, I noticed that the forest was dead quiet. Usually crickets and other animal noises would rule the night air, but it was utterly silent that night. The moment I noticed, I felt uneasy, like I was being watched or something. I hurried with what I was doing and jumped in my secure car. After a couple of minutes, I forgot about the situation and fell asleep. A couple of hours into the night, I noticed that the window closest to my face was foggy, as if someone had been breathing on the other side. I grabbed my phone to check the time. I paused for just a moment. A sound came from the side of the makeshift bed, and the other window was now covered by the sheet just a few inches above me, so I couldn't see anything. The sound was a light, gentle tapping on the glass, and I doubted that if I weren't already awake that I would have heard it. The fear took over moments later after I registered what could possibly be going on. I began to think that maybe I should go investigate further, but eventually, my morbid curiosity would win over, and I quietly and very gently reached for the sheet pulling it up. What I saw made me choke. On the other side of the window, there was there was some big creature. It was hairy. It was crouching over to my window, looking directly at me. Before you ask, no, this was not Bigfoot. It had hair on what I could see of its body, but it was thinning and patchy. It was big, but not muscle-bound. It was very skinny and had long claws on the end of its bony-looking hands. Tapping on the window with them, the most grotesque of its features was that horrible smile. Its smile was ear to ear. I don't know if it was because it was enjoying this or if it saw me when I took a quick peek at it. I tried not to react, as I tried to make it to my front seat to drive away, and it could easily break through the window with those sharp claws to get to me. So for the next couple of hours, I lay in my makeshift bed, praying that the thing outside my window doesn't break it and kill me. Eventually, the tapping stopped and the sun came up. I got out of my car the following day and investigated the area around my car. There were very weird looking tracks all over my campsite that only confirmed I had not imagined the whole thing. And there was something on the other side of my window that night. Why it didn't just break into my car and do whatever it wanted is the only thing that just nags at my brain. It's like it was playing with me. The other would be how long had that thing actually been coming to my campsite at night. And had this only been the first time it got so close to me? Or had it been doing this for every night and I just hadn't noticed because of my deep sleeping?
2: Uh, We love the Swamp Dweller around here at Spaced Out Radio, bringing us spooky stories each and every night, Monday through Friday night. You can hear thousands of them. They're all free. All you got to do is go to youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads and you can hear them for yourself. Hit subscribe on that channel if you don't mind. We'd greatly appreciate it. All right. It's been a while, but the man, the myth, and the beastly legend that we call Super Duke is back for our cryptid report. Super Duke, the effervescent and intrepid reporter for World Big Bigfoot Radio is back And Duke. Man, it's been a couple of weeks, but I'm glad to see your pretty face once again, my man. How are you doing?
8: Oh, well, Dave, thanks for being extra effusive and verbose to make up the fact that I'm utterly exhausted and won't be doing much of that tonight. <laughs> it's good to be back again. It's been very tiring. It's summer. I'm getting out in the woods as much as possible uh while you were on vacation i went out uh camping with uh the living legend himself uh keith crabtree there's the man the myth the legend that's the guy that wore the monster suit when they made the original legend of boggy creek movie and was there for every damn scene they filmed they did some of the stunt driving for it and you know, ran the fog machine and the whole thing. He came up here to Montana and we went camping up to my favorite Bigfoot research area for three days. And, you know, being that it's fall, it was cold at night. And being that there's, you know, a <clears throat> big fire problem going on right now and the air filled with smoke and hard to even breathe. And then we're up at... Listen,
5: if you're tired of looking at your stock market portfolio, today, make a change. I'm Dutch Mendenhall, CEO and co-founder of RadDiversified.com, where your investments make money, build a legacy, and we protect America. Join our diverse real estate portfolio today, where our share value has more than doubled in less than three years and 11 straight profitable quarters. We continue to deliver day after day. Come see what makes us rad at raddiversified.com. That's raddiversified.com. Come see us. Invest in real estate without the stress of being a property manager today. My name's Dutch Menenhall, CEO and co-founder at raddiversified.com. We specialize in finding, buying, rehabbing, and managing real estate nationwide. I know your investments will make money, build a legacy, and protect America. While the stock market has been crashing and going up and down, our share price has more than doubled in less than three years. Come see what makes us rad at raddiversified.com. Invest without stress at raddiversified.com now.
8: Altitude, too yet, and of course you can't have a campfire. So when it's in the low 20s, it's pretty cold at night. (laughs) Other than that, it was a fun camping trip.
2: Good good well i i want to update you on my gifting site i'm having everything happen there over the last few weeks except sasquatch everything but so going back two weeks my buddy mike myself and my little guy were out hanging on out and man we were seeing light flashes all through the trees. Didn't matter if it was two feet off the ground or 45 feet off the ground. Flash after flash after flash after flash. Honestly, it looked like like uh, the fairies were out in yeah, full a little, force.
8: a little late in the season for fireflies up there, isn't it?
2: We don't have fireflies here.
8: That's what I figured.
2: We don't have them here. In our area, and they were all white, all white orbs, just kind of flashing. You know here we are on a desolate rock logging road, and we, we we got trees on all sides of us, and didn't matter where we looked, flashing of light in the trees, just like the fairies were flying around. It was excellent. We go back there the week later, and mrs. s o r is with us. I'm staring up into the sky to the east. The moon is just starting to rise with Jupiter. And I'm staring probably up at about a 15-degree angle, not very high off the off the trees in the horizon. Nothing. Not a thing, Duke. And come back, or the missus, she's walking up. I'm leaning on my buddy's front end of his truck. He's on the other side. I'm on the driver's side. I kind of turn around because Mrs. SOR is right there. And I'm asking about the little guy who's still in the vehicle. I turn back and look, Duke. And I've got two giant bright orbs sitting in the sky. And then the top one manifests for a triangle. So, like, that's kind of cool. Go to pull my phone out of my pocket. It's like it knew. It knew I was going to try and take a picture. And the bottom two lights disappeared and the top one faded out about five seconds later later on we had this ufo come streaking up and there was another i'm gonna say it was a satellite for right now a satellite going this way satellite coming across then this one that we were watching first decides to do this zigzag in the air and continue on its trajectory that was kind of interesting Oh, man, we were getting it all. Getting it all. Yeah,
8: you got aliens.
2: Everything but Bigfoot, Duke. No sounds. (laughs) And we were there this past Saturday night. Didn't feel a thing. Didn't feel like we were being watched. Didn't feel like there was anything real spooky around. Nothing. Not a thing. So going back Saturday night. Have to.
8: I'll just keep going back. I mean, there's phenomena that's happening there. So at some point, they'll run through the whole laundry list, and it'll come back around to Bigfoot, and they'll show up again.
2: Well, there is this one area, Duke. There's this swamp, and and right at the end of the swamp, you have a bunch of, of birch trees. And mm-hmm. in between those birch trees in the forest, there's been an area that was leveled out for logs. So it, they kind of made this dirt cul-de-sac in the forest. Uh, this... The, these were all created due to last year's forest fires where they were making fire breaks along the roads. So if you have your normal forest road on both sides, it's cut up 100 feet, okay, no trees. And that's to help prevent any forest fires from jumping in the future. But this one little cul-de-sac of dirt where they laid out a bunch of logs, man, I'm telling you, there is something spooky and freaky in there I got a telepathic message or what it felt like one that said, stay the blank out of this area if you know what's good for you. Mm. And I just started talking back. I'm like, hey, we're unarmed. We're not here to harm you. Why would you want to harm us? You know, and I, I kept talking back to it, right? And eventually it seemed to calm down, whatever it was over there. I don't know what it was.
3: Don't know.
8: That's pretty freaky. Yeah, we had uh, we had some activity up there where I was at. We didn't hear much in the way of vocalizations, but there were some wood knocks going on. And the uh, first night that we showed up there, we got there shortly before dark, set up camp and everything. And Keith got a comfortable spot, and I was sitting with my back to the river, and he was looking toward me, so he's looking across the river. And he says, is there a a black spot over there? And I said, where? And I got up and I looked and I'm like, I don't know. There's all kinds of boulder piles and fallen trees and stuff over there. When the moon comes up, it'll be easier to see. Okay. What happened hour the moon comes up over the tree line. It's like the giant night light. You can see everything perfect. Well, there's black spots still over there. I just can't remember if there's anything there during the day or not. You know, I haven't like completely photographically memorized the whole far side of the river or anything. So I said, well, just keep an eye on it, see what happens. And by every so often while we're talking, he goes, I think I've seen that thing moving over there. And I said, well, the best thing you can do at this point is just remember exactly where you're sitting. And when the sun comes up, come back here, sit in exact the same place, across the river, to the same spot, see if it's over there. So, of course, that's what he ended up doing in the morning. And no, it wasn't over there. It wasn't over there in the afternoon, it wasn't over there in the evening, and it wasn't over there the next night. It wasn't over there the whole rest of the time we were there. Now, when I got back, I called Robin right away and said, uh, so, hey, give me the lowdown, what happened? Of course, when we go up to this area, we have no phone signal. So she always wants to make sure that we actually make it there. So she contacts the Sasquatch there and asked him if we made it. And apparently the answer she had got is that there was one sitting on the far side of the river, that I was in camp. And there was some other guy there with a baseball cap on, and he was staring at him from across the river, which is literally what happened for about 45 minutes. They were staring at each other across the river. So anyway, they must have got a a pretty good read on him. Uh, The next day, I took him out for a little walk, and uh, he's in really bad shape physically. He can hardly walk at all. So it took him about uh, almost an hour to do about 100 yards out into the woods and back again. And we were still lucky enough that he found four tracks, during that little hundred yards nice. in one direction and back again, which tells you how active that area is. And then the second night that we were there, uh, I was sleeping in a tent, and you know he's from down in Arkansas, so he isn't used to it being quite so damn cold. So what he did is he dropped a tailgate on his truck, and then he tarped off the end of it, and he opened the window in between that and the front, and he had the little clicker he could turn the engine on that would kick out heat and shove it into the back of the truck for about 12 minutes or so, and then the truck would turn off, and it would trap for a couple hours, and he was pretty good. The only problem was he had to tarp off this back end of the truck, and there wasn't really any good way to do it, so he finally figured out that if he got this piece of twine and he just wrapped it around there about three or four times and knotted it really tight, that would work. So he wakes up in the middle of the night, and he has this weird dream that something's messing around with his feet, and he rolls over and goes back to sleep again. And then he gets up in the morning, and that whole rope and knot is completely untied. It isn't on there anymore. And when he goes to get off the back end of the truck, there's a deer there about 20 feet away looking at him. And he said, that is the closest I have ever been to a wild deer in my life. And it was looking at me like, hey, buddy, got an apple for me or something? But again, uh, as soon as I got back, I asked Robin about the activity in the camp. And she said, yeah, the second night, there was a, a teenager in camp tannish about eight feet tall and he went over and messed with Keith's feet he untied the knot and he was trying to tickle his feet and then just to make sure that Keith didn't think he was dreaming he left him a quartz rock right at the back end of the truck which I noticed the next day now that same night before any of this stuff happened I was just getting ready to Keith had just crawled in and set himself up for the night and I was getting ready to uh, crawl in and I had my light in my tent and everything, and I'm getting into the sleeping bag, and I just reach up, and I turn the light off, and I hear crunch, crunch, literally two feet from my tent. Unmistakable what it is. And that's it. No other sound. Everything's dead still. And I go, hey, and I turn the light back on again. No sound. And I laid there for about 15 minutes. No sound, no sound. Finally just turned off the light and went to sleep. Well, I get up the next morning and I find out Keith is like, someone's messing around. <laughs> something can untie a knot. Was messing around with my my truck last night. And I went, and, and something left you a quartz rock right there where they left me that qu- pile of quartz rocks last year. <laughs> I think somebody was messing around with you, Keith. Um, and then the, the last one he missed, that was the, the last night we were there. And this one uh, is interesting. I'm building up to a point here uh, because – this kind of scraggly looking weird dude in his late twenties comes driving into this pickup truck in the late afternoon. And he's got this really ramshackle would be too nice of a word for it. Uh, it's a Jed Clampett special trailer that he's got. It looks like it's made out of barbed wire and plywood and stapled together. And the door is kind of like barely held on with two chains to keep it from flying open and stuff. And he goes, up the valley and it's kind of interesting because his vehicle isn't that bad of shape but man is that the lousiest camper I've ever seen in my life you know 15 year old could build a better one <clears throat> so don't think too much more of it uh, and then about a half an hour before sun up I'm awoken by this sound and it's coming from the far side of the valley which apparently is where this guy went and it's incredibly loud it's dead still in this valley but he it had to be coming from like 3 4 miles away and I hear,
5: woah, woah, woah,
8: woah, woah, and it just keeps getting louder and louder and more psycho. And I'm like, oh, shit, I know what that is. Somebody's in big damn trouble. <laughs> you know? And here comes this truck bailing out past our camp a couple minutes later as fast as he can drive in the dark, and he's gone. So about an hour later, it's after set up, I get up, I'm making coffee and everything, getting uh, Keith's up, and here comes this truck back up again driving up the road, only this time he's got two vehicles behind him packed full of his friends apparently and it takes them about 20 minutes to go back up to his campsite, hook his trailer up and all of them came driving back out again (laughs) again when I got back I asked Robin about this, I said did somebody get chased out and she said yeah there was somebody there with ill intentions and they weren't going to put up with them, now here's my point, everybody's always like oh that group of Bigfoot are really savage and aggressive oh this group are really nice this is all the same group. They're reacting to the people that are there. Wow. They like us. They come and tickle teeth, Keith's feet. Ha-ha. It's funny. They don't like somebody else. They scare the living you-know-what out of them and chase them out of the valley.
2: Well, if you're going to be a jerk, they're not going to want you in their territory.
8: It's that simple. <laughs> but- I don't know what he did, but they weren't put up with whatever it was. I was wondering if he was up there cooking math or something. I mean, judging by what what I was seeing, going by, you know, I can't imagine what what the hell he was doing up there that would twerk him off that fast. But he managed to do it.
2: My goodness, my goodness. I mean, look. I mean, that's their home. That's their nature. That's their brand. They know what they're doing. They know the areas. They know what's safe. They know what isn't. I mean. Duke, you're in that area. You've built that trust up with them. I mean, have you seen something like that before?
8: We've had stories that there's been weird things that have happened in that valley. There's two loggers that went missing in that valley, That, as far as I know, they didn't find them. That was like three four years ago. And, you know, the locals, if they're getting scared out or chased out by something, probably just aren't talking about it. The stories aren't going very far. All the experiences that we've had up there have been really positive. And again, you know, almost to the point where it seems like they're getting that, they're letting us get away with stuff that really they shouldn't be letting us get away with. If it was a normal group of Sasquatch in some area that had never seen us before, we would have been chased out a few times for some of the stupid, idiotic stuff we've done already. But they've been very, very patient with us. And again, I think it's just. What are your intentions? They're sensing your intentions, and that's how they're reacting.
2: Super Duke from World Big Four Radio is here for the next little bit, and I know he's going to have a cryptid story for us. we got Shirky Boos news as well. The final half hour Space Out Radio is next. Stay tuned. Be right back. Damn it, you're making me edit. You're making me... Did I drop bad words? Sorry about you that. You said, oh, shit. Now I gotta oh. edit. Oh, shit. <laughs> Super Duke, Super Duke.
8: Into every real world, a little shit must pile up. That's just the way it is.
2: Every now and again, there's a little shit that happens.
8: Shit that happens. How much time do we got here on... To... Uh, We have
2: about uh, four and a half minutes. Okay, plenty of time. Plenty-o time. Excuse me. Plenty-o time.
8: Super Duke, Super Duke.
2: The way we roll.
0: Well, day
6: we got most of the cartoons done for the night.
2: Let's take a look here, Dirty. Hold on, let's bring you up here. Well, here we go. Hold on. Where do we start? Let's try. Let's
6: try to... Well, we get we got to start here.
2: Uh huh. Got some, some
5: pie, pie of the on woods. the
2: shelf there. Yep. Bigfoot spelling that. Hold on. Let's get the pie right there, Fluffy. It's not your pie. Kindly return it. Oh, the man in black is not liking that. But he's losing power. Sasquatch did the right thing. He picked up the man in black and gently placed him on the other side of the highway. Oh, my. Man in black was picked up by his owners. Look at that. And Bigfoot gets the pie.
6: He's definitely going back for the pie. We're not going to say that outright, but the audience can decide what happens with that fresh apple pie to themselves.
2: Very nice. Good job there, buddy. Good job. Hi, Terrible Times. How are you? Uh, Bomber, let's uh, make a, a clarification. We're on commercial break for the radio stations that broadcast us. Therefore, they are not going to get the swear words. Now, when you swear. So my
6: swear was.
2: During commercial and podcast.
6: Mine was a gooder.
2: Yours is an okayer. Okay.
6: Okay. All right, Dave. <coughs> <coughs> i will to go feed the cat some snacks and then uh, get ready to draw some more cartoons tomorrow.
2: Well, we'll say goodnight to you, Dirty.
6: Have a good night, everybody. Thanks for coming out.
2: Bye, Dirty Filth. All right, we s- own
6: the night, everybody.
2: That was a long pregnant pause there. Okay, bye. There goes Dirty Filth. He'll be back tomorrow because we love Dirty Filth when he logs himself out. And uh, hi there, Asimov Watts. How are you? What do I think about Doty on church? Uh, I haven't heard it. haven't heard it. Excuse me. I don't remember what you told me about my cough. Super Duke. Super Duke. Super, super, super Duke. Super Duke. Super Duke. Loving the Super Duke.
8: Well, we're hoping we're going to get one more chance to get out there here. We're praying it's going to rain this week. It's supposed to rain for the next three days, and hopefully it will, and then we could have a campfire, which would make it feasible to go camping. Then we want to go back to the ultra-creepy ghost town of Coloma with all the ghost activity and Bigfoot mm. and other cryptids. We got a dog man there the last time we were there watching us set up camp. Oh, Nice.
2: All right, Super
8: Duke. I didn't think so. <laughs>
2: hmm. All right, Super Duke. There's only two of us. Going to gonna get you to hold on right there. Thank you to Vaughn, T2E, Patrick, and Symbol for the Super Chats tonight. Very much appreciate the love. Thank you to all our new subscribers and those who are checking on out for the first time. Don't forget to hit subscribe. We are here seven days a week. And more of Super Duke, Super Duke coming right after this. Here we go. We're around third. We're headed for home tonight on Space Out Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. Very much appreciate it. Reminder to all of you that if you missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davy the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at spaced out radio, Instagram spaced out radio show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go. Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio returns with the cryptid report. Now, Dookie-Poo, I know you probably have some pretty awesome stories to share with us here.
8: Yeah, actually, I'm going to be sharing a select reading from the de facto Sasquatch, and uh, this one pertains to a question that keeps getting asked all the time, which is, is there any part of the government that we know for a fact knows about Bigfoot. And if they do, why haven't they told us about it? Well, as it turns out, check this out. Military installation near base reports, quote, Our government has full knowledge of the rock apes, as well as many more types, like Bigfoot. David King,
7: you the Neogen device developed by RST Synexis is a well-established, advanced, quantum-based medical device using electric cell signaling technology. Treatment is non-invasive, safe, effective, and used in managing pain associated with neuropathy and other painful conditions. It helps improve circulation, offers better rehabilitation through pain relief, and activates the recovery processes, giving better patient outcomes. Visit neogenreliefspain.com now for provider benefits about the Neogen system. Come chat with us. That's Pain.com. Your patients will thank you.
4: Oh, the kids these days, do they even know what these are? Those are amazing looking pigtails. Well, thank you. Look at this one. A really bad perm and a lot of hairspray. Yeah, no one thought to protect the environment back then. (laughs) Protection has a whole new meaning when it comes to health these days. Like making sure kids get their routine vaccinations for vaccine-preventable diseases like meningococcal meningitis. By getting our kids vaccinated between the ages of 11 and 12 and a second dose at the age of 16, we can help keep making memories safely.
8: Marine Corps Gunny Sergeant E-7 retired. That's from the Vietnam era. Most of what you read in this chapter, the evidence in some cases can be conveniently explained, but when added together, a pattern begins to emerge. What it revealed to me was the knowledge that the military is well aware of the existence of the Sasquatch and the history of base sightings is quite long. The data dates back to the 1950s. This was interesting in that if the Pentagon brass knows, other government branches surely must know. The first time I read anything that was suggestive of a correlation between military and Bigfoot sightings came from an article mailed to me in January of 1992. It came not from the United States, but from Russia, northern Russia. The Daily Telegraph, as brought forward by the, excuse me, London, England. Quote, various unnamed witnesses, two red-eyed abominable snowmen dropped in on a military barracks in northern Russia, according to TASS. The larger one was 10 foot tall and wailed, as its smaller companion perched itself on the duty officer's night table. The two leaped onto the nine-foot fence surrounding the barracks and ran into the forest. They were covered with long gray, quote, wool, unquote, and pieces of it were found on the fence, end quote. The Melbourne, Australia, Herald Sun paraphrased the above article as well. Dated first February 1992. Month later, it was just a short blurb version of it. But it does tell you that it was picked up by other reputable, fairly mainstream sources. Uh, again, that she says that I know of nothing as brazen as the breaking and entering into an occupied barracks or military housing by a Sasquatch has been recorded here in the United States, but that doesn't mean it hasn't happened and it's not been reported. It may even be reported in data banks other than her own. Apparently, our Sasquatches are, in most cases, less brazen than the Russian counterpart. The data tends to show the Sasquatch less apt to openly assert themselves into situations where there are more of us than there are of them. To a lesser extent, how the Sasquatch behaves may be a cultural thing, perhaps differences in street smarts between the Russian wild man and the North American Sasquatch. Most of the cases I've accumulated, she says, are simple security breaches, perimeter violations. Our hairy dudes are apparently unaware of military protocol, fencing, or other boundaries. Borders in restricted areas probably aren't in the Bigfoot's vocabulary, even if they are intelligent enough to be of alien origins, which the author says they doubt. What they seem to understand is that they can relatively safe living in the far reaches of military compounds. And let me insert here, I had a uh, show where I did an interview with a guy who was a tank driver that was in Germany, and they were on a big, huge, fenced-off piece of forest they've got there that they use just for that purpose. It's got 15-foot fences all around it, and the interior is full of all kinds of wild pigs. And guess what else lives there that he saw while he was driving his tank around? One of the other tank drivers saw it, too. So anyway, totally agree with that. Uh, they under they can feel safe in the far reaches of military compounds uh, they've also she's come to understand that most deeply forested dense force training facilities have at some point issued an order not to engage indigenous wildlife unless threatened or in case of unusual circumstances and that's absolutely the case over there in germany you do not get to shoot the wild boar uh Army Handbook. Not surprisingly, there was one earlier reference of extreme significance to this research. The Army Manual, Totally Unprecedented, 1974, devoted an entire page to the mysterious Bigfoot. Don riseborough of the Sydney Morning Herald wrote about it in this way. New York, November 23rd, 1975. Quote, Now the U.S. Army has officially recognized the creature. In the Washington Environmental Atlas published by the Army Corps of Engineers, which devotes a full page to the mysterious creature. The atlas describes Bigfoot based on the sighting as, quote, an ape-like creature, 8 to 12 feet in height, weighing around 1,000 pounds, covered in long hair apart from the face and palms of the hand and feet. The footprints are up to 24 inches in length and 5 to 10 inches wide. Bigfoot is agile and very powerful. According to the Atlas, the FBI had taken a great interest in the ape-like creatures and had conducted extensive excuse me, uh, extensive laboratory tests on the hair they believed to have come from the Bigfoot. The FBI test concluded that the hair was not from any human or from any known animal form noted in the Atlas. The editor of the environmental work, Gene McManus, said, Bigfoot was included because there is so much overwhelming evidence that points to such a creature. The details about the creature were gathered from many sources, anthropologists, writers, and genuine Bigfoot hunters, McManus said. A great deal of time and effort has gone into hunting this creature, and it seemed only right to include it in the atlas. That same year, journalist Arthur Golden quoted anthropologist Dr. Grover S. Krantz as having said, quote, I hope that the Army would now lend its support to an all-out effort to capture one of these creatures for scientific study, unquote. To my knowledge, and this was written in 2012, that has never happened. If it has, the public doesn't know about it. Further, FBI headquarters in Washington, D.C. were unable to provide any details on the reported lab analysis, but the Army field atlas described Bigfoot about the same way we do today. Some 38 years later, it's rather disconcerting to think the Army brass knew about Bigfoot, even had the FBI run evidentiary data to a conclusion. And still the feds, namely the Department of the Interior, denies the existence of Sasquatch. The U.S. government can start wars, covertly assassinate people in a foreign country without any notice to the country and contribute to the demise of world leaders. But they're afraid to mention Bigfoot. That's priceless. The FBI's height and weight estimates truly startled me. A 1,000 pounds? Really? If I remember right, in 1998, general research balked at such height-weight calculations. Published in the NASA reports done by Jeff Glickman, diplomat of the American College of Forensic Examiners. Now we see these same computations in weight worked out and written up by Army brass. It begs the question, how would they know unless the military had advised that branch of the government? Major Fred Shirley, an Army spokesman at the Pentagon, said, This is the first time that there has ever been an official Army reference for the actual existence of Bigfoot. As far as we know, no other government agency has recognized its possible existence before. We believe the Army is the first agency to do it. So raise your eyebrow, folks. The Pentagon knows. Major Shirley's statement was recorded in 1974. If the Pentagon knew and published this in the Army Manual you can bet other government agencies knew about it too. The United States had two presidents in that year, Richard Nixon and Gerald Ford, both Republicans, both departed. This would be the only published timeline reference available to Bigfoot Research that indicates our government had knowledge. Wow. There you go.
2: And this is something you and many others have been claiming for a long time whether it's the government that knows or whether it's uh, suspected bodies uh, and skeletons of these creatures uh, in the Smithsonian. Duke, you've been convinced of this for a long time. You know, why do you think this is happening?
8: Well, I don't understand what they're, you know, overwhelming wanting to cover up the whole thing is about. That's the thing that keeps confusing me because there's other countries that, you know, uh Russia has them on the endangered species list. So does France, Germany, China. They all ag- acknowledge they exist. They don't make a big deal about it. You know, I just, I don't understand. The pres- president of Russia, Putin, had several of his advisors with him when they were up in Siberia a few years ago, and they saw a family of the Mank, or the Russian abominable snowman, going across a snowy field and into a wood line. And all of them reported it. Putin and everybody there said they all saw the same thing. There's a family of three of them. So why our government feels like there's this big need to cover this up is just appallingly stupid from my standpoint.
2: Well, you know, I mean, that also points more to a flesh and blood creature, does it not?
8: Well, yeah, they're flesh and blood. But, you know, it's so humans are flesh and blood, too, and some of them have some pretty weird paranormal powers
2: Well, you might. I don't.
8: I don't. I know other people that do, though.
2: I don't know. I look at your hair each and every night, man. I'm like, that is powerful. That is powerful. And and you are hiding the fact that you also wear a cape. So, I mean, anybody who can rock a cape like you can, Duke, you got some special powers. Ted Nugent didn't
8: even have hair this good by the time he got to my age.
2: Oh Ted Nugent! Wow, wow, he's getting up too much
8: the, time running wild.
2: Ted Nugent's getting up to that uh, that Keith Richards category. Did you? Yep. By the way, did you see the meme of Keith, Keith Richards? Oh, this is such terrible timing. But there was a there was a meme out there on Twitter of of Keith Richards holding a newborn Queen Elizabeth.
8: but and it's not real <laughs> is I that what you're saying
2: I don't know
8: I, I don't <laughs> for know for all of you Highlander fans out there one of my favorite recurring Keith Richards memes has to do with the Highlander there can be only one and when one of the Highlander guys cuts the other one's head off there's this big lightning show and they collect all the energy from the other immortal, and it all zaps them, and they get all the power. There could be only one. And uh, for years now, every time some major rock star dies, they show Keith Richards being hit by lightning and stuff as he's getting all of their power because there could be only one.
2: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Keith Richards. <God. laughs> yeah.
8: You know. Uh, I always thought when there would be a nuclear war or something, that the only thing that would be left would be like Lemmy from Motorhead, and he'd be playing uh, concerts for the remaining cockroaches. But even he didn't live as long as Keith Richards.
2: No. Keith Richards is just amazing. He's just amazing.
8: Yeah, it's amazing he's lived this long.
2: I want to ask you a quick question here because – Earlier, uh, about a week within the last week, legendary researcher Kerry Arnold passed away. I'm not sure if you knew him, Duke.
8: Oh, yeah. Yeah, we weren't on the best of terms.
2: Yeah, he was more flesh and blood uh, type of researcher. and uh, But it's just sad. You know, I don't want to get into any drama or anything like that, but it's just sad when we... Lose anybody in this community.
8: Yeah, and that was a pretty brutal way to go, too.
2: Yeah. Uh, For people who don't know, he passed away in a real ugly car accident. Uh, That's what kind of happened there. And uh, rest his soul and uh, and prayers to his family and friends who are suffering right now from the loss. But uh, we've got about two minutes to go here, Duke. You know, we're heading into. Let fall. me call
8: on. Uh, let me call on prayers for somebody else before we go into that. Sure. D. Sims, lady in the woods, also a renowned Bigfoot researcher who I have great respect for and has been on my show before, just had a heart attack about the oh same my. time Carrie got in his car accident. She already has an elderly, disabled husband, and now she has heart damage. And how they're going to manage to make the payments and keep their house, I don't know. So they need your prayers. If you know how to get a hold of them, they need you to send them my, uh, financial help. They absolutely need it. So please, at least keep them in your prayers. D Sims, Lady in the Woods on YouTube.
2: We'll go check that on out as well and send uh, prayers and everything that way too. Two minutes to go here, Duke. Before we going to say goodnight to you, let's uh, let's talk about winter's coming. Temperatures are dropping in the mountains. Certain high mountaintops are getting snow now. Uh, you know what's happening with the Bigfoot at this point?
8: Well, they're getting ready to batten down the hatches, or else they're moving to lower territory. All the supposed migration is all vertical. They go up higher during the summer to get away from the heat, and they come down lower during the winter um, because the necessity to get food. If you're following herds of animals around, which seems to be the case in Colorado. They follow the elk herds a lot. Here, it seems like they're more stationary, but they probably got, you know, well-established underground redoubts, and they just gather up a bunch of food during the fall, and, you know, caves maintain a really great temperature for refrigeration, so uh, they just haul their food underground. They spend most of the time there during the winter. That's what I what I figure, anyway. And we've done winter camping, lots of it, in areas where they're active in other times of the year, and they're just, they're not around, so...
2: Where can people find World Bigfoot Radio?
8: World Bigfoot Radio, you can find it on YouTube, Rumble, Odyssey, and BitChute. I have support group, World Bigfoot Central on MeWe. I also have Montana Bigfoot Project and World Bigfoot Radio on Facebook. Come on over, check it out. Enjoy the Bigfootiness.
2: All right, Super Duke, we say goodnight to you. And let's bring in Shirky Pooh's news, shall we? What? It's time for Shirky Poo's News! Yes, we love it when Shirky Poo is here. Hey, we're going to start off with the Strong National Museum of Play announcing this year's finalists for the National Toy Hall of Fame. It includes Bingo, Briar Horses, Lightbright, Catan, and Masters of the Universe. The Strong, located in Rochester, New York, said three of the 12 finalists will be inducted into the National Toy Hall of Fame on November 10th. The inductees will be chosen by the National Selection Advisory Committee with online players' choice voters counting collectively as one member of the community. The the games included are Bingo, once again, Catan, the board game originally known as Settlers of Catan, when it was published in Germany in 1995. Phase 10, a rummy-style card game that first appeared in 1992 and is the second-best-selling card sell, best selling card game in the world. Racco, a pattern-building card game first introduced by Milton Bradley in 1956. Other toys, once again, Briar Horses, Light Bright, Masters of the Universe, Nerf Toys, Pinata, Pound Puppies, Spirograph, and the Spinning Top. I got a question here. How the hell is Lightbright not already in there? Duke, Spinning Top's not in there either. Or Nerf? How can Nerf not be around? That's impossible. Everybody has Nerf. I got like 42 Nerf guns in the house right now. Somebody broke into my house, they would get hit with them Nerf bullets. They would. Petty family arguments can erupt over anything, even cheese. However, it might be a good idea to ensure those arguments remain petty and don't erupt into an all-out brawl. A family in Louisiana, though, didn't heed the warning when police had to be called and dispatched to their residence after a call over disturbance. Once police arrived and made contact with the family. They soon became aware of what started it all. Yep, here's how it goes. 19-year-old sister Princess Ariana Williams had allegedly struck the family members several times. Why? Well, she didn't like the spray cheese. You know that cheese in a can, that fake cheese? Yeah. Now, it isn't clear how a can of aerated cheese can end in fisticuffs, but they got more than a five minute penalty and a game of misconduct. We could tell you that. Five for fighting. Anyways, but the information that we do have is that it quickly turned into a ruckus. And perhaps they wanted real cheese, not the processed crap in one of those aerosol cans. The 19 year old allegedly got so heated that she chased around one of her family members with a taser. So apparently now you can get tasered for having horrible cheese in your house. A resident left a note and two bags of dog poo taped to their wall after becoming enraged over a dog pooping in their flower beds and the owner not picking it up. A photograph shows a note alongside a couple of dog poop bags taped to a wall. Yes, they were filled. Person penned a message to inform the dog owner that they would be placing cameras in the area and threaten them with the prospect of a thousand dollar fine. The hand note reads To whom this may concern, this is your dog crap. I have a dog of my own. I use dog bags, pick it up and take it home. Cameras are going up. Thousand dollar fine. Also, if I find out where you live, I will post it through your letterbox. Stop your dog crapping in my flower beds. It seems a little bit of a crap theme version of Liam Neeson's I Will Find You speech had taken. Yeah, yeah it's amazing how people can get upset about a little poo poo. All right, here we go. Finally, tonight, an Australian pub has been roasted in the public after it announced plans to hold a wet t shirt contest on the public holiday dedicated to the mourning of Queen Elizabeth II. The Roebuck Bay Hotel, a Western Australian venue in the town of Broome, announced that they would be holding the event to celebrate the life of Queen Lizzie. Facebook post reads, Join us Wednesday night for a special wet tea in Oasis Bar to celebrate the life of Queen Lizzie. Enter the wet tea for your chance to win $750 with DJ Sam T on the decks from 8pm party." ...to go late at night. Not sure if the event went through. The hotel, affectionately nicknamed the Rowie, often has wet t-shirt competitions. But the timing ill-willed with parts of the Commonwealth saying it was disgusting and not very well planned. Yeah, that's how it goes sometimes, doesn't it? We got Mr. Ron Bubblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching... Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio, rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Spreaker, Twitch, LGAP, Facebook, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter, And hashtag Spaced Out Radio. I know
9: you're out there
1: somewhere.
2: Remember this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio National, Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to to share your evening with us because together, my friends. Make a mistake. We're watching. We own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot! We need a favor. We need you to take us us home. Yes, the Wolf Train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend... We've got room for them too. Good night.
4: Welcome, my ugly duckling, to your emergency makeover. Blue
6: eyeshadow all over, mermaid, or green lips, frontcore vibes. Now, go find your princess.
4: Download Discovery! Shh. With a Wish! Are we on?
9: Welcome, my little lucky duckling, to your emergency makeover. Blue eyeshadow all over. Thirsty mermaid. Or lime green lips. We call this
6: frog core. Now, go find your
0: princess. Download Discovery with Wish.